Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. And welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show. Broadcasting on CITR Radio 101.9 FM from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of Beautiful and Very, Very Wet, British Columbia. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Zachary Adam And we often say we've got a patch show to kick things off. We talk about being a feast of football. But my, oh my, this weekend was a veritable feast of football. There's just so much football to talk about. I don't know that we can get it all covered in a two-hour episode. I know what people are thinking. Your episodes are only two hours now? No, well, that's what we aim for every week. Sometimes, like the last episode, it's over three hours. And that, incidentally, was with me cutting out a full interview and a full part. Otherwise, we'd have been over four hours. But no, we, we've got Major League Soccer to talk about. CONCACAF Champions League, MLS Next Pro, Canadian Premier League, the Canadian Championship, the under-20 CONCACAF qualifiers for the women, the Gold Cup, the Provincial Cup. Whoa. I mean, we, we won't probably get into all of that. Can I make suggestions of which we don't go? Um, I think I can guess, but we want to be a podcast for all people, all right, all parties. Right. I mean, I'll, parties. I'll I'll cover some of it just now. Women's under twenty CONCACAF oh, qualifiers. Well, Have you seen those the, results? One of the things I want to talk about. Can we talk about every every goal? Yeah, let's analyze every goal. Every if goal. anyone hasn't seen the results of Canada's two matches so far, game one, they played Martinique. That was 15 now, right? That 15 now. What time is it? It's 15 <laughs> past Martinique. It's quarter past. It's quarter past Now, their second game, they didn't play as well. But to be fair, they're playing two teams, St. Vincent <laughs> and the Grenadines. So, I mean, that was only a 12-0 victory. Understandable. 22 players on the pitch. Tough to, to break down. I mean, I know they have to go through these qualifying because only the top two ranked teams, which is US and Mexico, are automatically into the CONCACAF final tournament in, in May and June. I don't quite know what the girls get out of these matches, apart from maybe just a, a nice little trip and <laughs> a bit of chemistry, I guess. Okay, but I, one of the things with the, the, the women's national team program, that aside from all the other things that are going on with it, that has been talked about for a while, and I think even we've talked about it at least, at least even briefly in the past, 
is that there isn't, um, and this is partly because of the opportunities, whatever, there isn't uh, quite the the pipeline of players coming through. And so mm-hmm. um, although these might not be significant challenges, hopefully that they are uh, opportunity for players to find form or or at least improve in some way. And then also, yeah, like that community, community building aspect of things, like them being together as a team and growing together. And, all that kind of stuff. and the traveling and everything yeah, that comes with totally. that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So hopefully there are positives out of it. Although, yes, uh, you know, from a sporting perspective, it it yeah, it's it doesn't seem the best. Yes. So that's that covered. Let's cover the other bit of the national team news, I guess, then as well. The Gold Cup draw was made. Canada in Group D and a, a fairly good draw. They've got Guatemala. They've got Cuba. And they've got one of four other teams that could be anything the way that things right. get played out. But you have to think possibly Trinidad and Tobago. Again, burdened by having a, a, an extra team in a group, group of five. <laughs> I'll never tire of those jokes. That and Jamaica. Well, yeah. Uh, Provincial Cup. Well, maybe coming to the end. Um, MLS Next Pro. Whitecaps. Lost their first game of the season today at Swanguard. 4-3 defeat. It was a humdinger of a match. It went back and forth and a horrible defensive mistake at the end. Actually, a few defensive mistakes kind of cost them dearly in that. So, see, we've we've got through a lot of these these games already. So, so does Ricardo Clark take away points from their point, their in-training point system when they uh, perform badly in games? Every chance he'll take it away from Max Anker and Matteo Capagna for that deciding goal to this afternoon. Okay. Matteo just left it thinking Max was going to come out. Max didn't. Didn't, yeah. It was closed down. Matteo kind of just panics and kicks the ball off the Galaxy guy and it rebounds into the net. Yeah. He felt and looked absolutely gutted. gutted yeah. That went, I've got, I really felt for him. Because like Vanny Sartini was there watching in person as well. Good turnout today. Afshin Gopi was there possibly scouting some maybe loan deals who who knows or maybe some signings john herdman was there as well watching his son jay had a good chat with, with him at halftime he, he's excited about the gold cup but in particular copa america we were talking about how excited and exciting a prospect that is for for next year but we are, we are going to get john and jay on on the show soon anyway so oh together yes we're going to oh, get right. them on together um then i thought we could maybe do the bear halters the Dazoviches, but we'll just we'll just go through all the fathers and sons. How many? How except for the Reynas? How many? Um, how many? Uh, <laughs> That'd be fun. <laughs> he's he scored. Was it this weekend or last weekend? Now I can't remember. He scored again as a, a substitute for. I think it was this weekend. Yeah, he scored, but they <laughs> someone scored after him to equalize. It was great. It was great. It was Bundesliga. You got you got to watch the Bundesliga. Is is it's a great year in the Bundesliga. Well, Every see, there's, a, a there's another thing we've talked about already in the show. Yeah, there you go. Um, but no, um, I was going to ask you something about, oh, Herdman. Like, did he give you like a percentage of how many episodes he listens to? Or is it like just Do you know, I didn't ask him if he still listened, actually. Oh. It was really nice because I was sitting up the back of my own, like I like to do at these games. Just and he hunted you down. Please don't come and speak to me vibe. <laughs> and I was on my phone. I saw someone from the corner of my eye and was like, oh, who's this? I looked up and said, oh, hey, John. <laughs> Wait, um, what is... What Always is the, happy to speak to John, so we had a good yeah. chat, I enjoyed What it. is the difference between your normal vibe and the <laughs> don't come speak to me vibe? I don't know, but yeah, so we, we've covered a lot of that, but let's start things off and let's talk in this part about the big one, 
the big talking point, some would say the biggest match of the weekend, Zach, I, I think we might be safe to say. Of course, I'm talking about East 5-8, Stranraer 0. <laughs> our biggest win since the 60s, biggest win in our new stadium. Oh, easily could have been double figures. It was an incredible performance by the Black and Gold. And yeah, check out our Glory Days of Gold podcast to catch up with that. I'm not on it this week because I've just been so busy, but there, there was that game. And I, I can't think of any other game that's really worth talking about. Wait, well, I, I left for a second, Michael. Are you still uh, nattering on about, about... Oh yeah, I've just got to go three of the eight um, <laughs> as we break those down. Scotty Shepard, good to see him get a, a pair, get that confidence. He disappointed he didn't get the hat trick, but I mean... A couple of good saves with the Stranraer keeper kept keeping the score down. Did any of your ex-criminals score? I don't think we have any ex-criminals on oh, our team. Oh, this is former players. Or former players are the ex-criminals, right, okay. yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, let's talk about, in this part, a, a game that I think for everyone there will long live in the memory. It's a historic occasion. The first ever BC Derby in the CPL. The first of many, many, and hopefully with more teams to, to be part of it as well, Pacific FC kicked off their CPL season with a 1-0 win. My Stew the Starfish boys over your Eagles or whatever that thing is meant to be, Vancouver FC. BC is still purple, Zach. Yeah, I guess for now it is, yeah, sure. As with your face, uh, as you were yelling the songs out, it appeared in the pod, on the podcast, oh. <laughs> on the TV. Is that what it appeared like? Yes. We, we saw a lot of your arse on the, the TV. So my better side. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good. But no, I mean, Pacific FC, Vancouver FC. But we'll talk about your whole experience, the trip over and everything about that in a sec. Yeah. Just general thoughts from you, though, on the match, on, on the whole occasion. You've waited a long time for this. Was it everything you hoped it would be, aside from the result, obviously? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, the there's a lot of exciting elements to it, right? Like having a new local football club to support and and be a part of is just exciting in and of itself. It's been what are we? This is uh, April 2023. What the last time I actively supported a club side was I don't know what October 2019 or something. <laughs> it's been a long time, um, but it's. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, no. I mean, it was it was great. It was uh, a lot of fun, and um, I think yeah, it, it'll live long in the memory of those who attended. And uh, like we'll talk about in a few minutes, there's a lot. I think a lot of elements, or a number of elements, anyways, that uh, really help uh, grow and build the both the. Uh, appreciation and the rivalry between the, the the clubs and the supporters and ultimately I think is really really helpful for the, the league to to progress yeah I mean it, it's something the the league needs these rivalries we've lost the Alberta one obviously for this year for now BC, yeah for, for now having the BC one there's is good and that's how you grow the game and I mean how, how many traveling support would you say was over yeah, there's a couple I, of buses they they mentioned on no, the broadcast. There's one. There's only one bus. I thought there was only one because I was like, "How did yeah. I not get on the second one?" Yeah, no, there was one bus. 
Um, no, I think, well, there was a roughly like 80 tickets sold in the section, but then we also had a few, like we had a few other people, well, a couple of people were sick, so they couldn't be there. Um, but we had a few other people join us, uh, who had tickets elsewhere in the stadium. So some, you know, people from the, uh, let's say the, the, the larger BC Canada supporter community who had tickets for the match and other parts of the stadium join us, uh, parts of Callum's family, uh, came and joined us, which oh. was great. Um, so yeah, there was in the ballpark of like yeah, of 80, 80 people in the in the section. And to be fair, we had a section that technically there are like two hundred and ten seats in. So that's why when you see it, you're like, oh, there's kind of space around. Well, they wanted us to keep space on the edge of the section because for obvious reasons, for obvious reasons, which we'll get into more later. They, they'd um, seen your video in Qatar or the Germany <laughs> game. Oh, Michael. Um, Oh my. Uh no. Um but no. So yeah, we we kept things a little bit more to the to the middle, but yeah, no, it was I think everyone who went had a had a had a good time. Yeah, and I, w- I wish you were there. I wish you were there with and, us. Do you session. know what? I I woke up uh, on Saturday morning and I was like, oh, should I message Zach to see if there was any empty seats on the bus that I could make my own way to the ferry and get get on the bus. There was technically. Oh, I should have there was a, the, the two people who were sick. You could have probably taken one of their seats. Because I, that I, would I didn't possibly take, I didn't have been better than getting absolutely drenched, drenched at a yeah. provincial B-Cup game as a goal. I guarantee but you. I did it, get it some good better. video off a of brawl, so that was something. Yeah, no, it would have been better to be at this. We, we It was great for, uh, on a personal. It was great. Like I went with my like, whole family as like mm. a family outing. And um, my wife is... Um, well, my wife's amazing, but um, she's uh she's also really well she's a, a football widow a tifo a tifo widow but also someone who helps with all those things and so she was amazing and helping prep for everything and then was there and my son obviously has been to a number of games and is uh more and more into the the supporter culture side of things i think the one thing that i was a little bit not surprised at but it ha- really encouraged by was how into it my daughter my 11 year old daughter was I I paused it at one point and I was showing showing Caitlin your family on the screen. Yeah, yeah. So she was she was yeah she was really into it, which was awesome. Really encouraged, and then part of it just like you want to have it uh, for her. I think part of it she wants to have positive experience with her her dad, with her family, or whatever. But I, I there is an element I think where she also is beginning to appreciate it more and more. Did she enjoy Stewie the starfish? Uh, she loved. I don't know if you why well, actually you've seen because it's been on Twitter. Uh, um, I don't know if you know. Do you know Gail and, and Brandon? They made a they made a two stick. Oh, of, aha! Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. So they made a two stick of the of an eagle um, uh, going after the starfish as uh, they used the image of the guy from the SpongeBob SquarePants yes. guy, or whatever. And yes. like my 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 kids love that. My daughter loved that. And apparently, there's a picture on Twitter of. of uh, so they so they made it, but there's a picture of me actually holding it up while while Brandon or or Brandon's capoing. Um, but, uh, no, it, yeah, it, there was a lot for them to, that they, they loved and had a lot of fun. So on a, on a family level, it was, it was really great. And then also just, there was so many people who, some who are like, uh, committed obviously to the cause and to be a part of, you know, supporting a new club. And then there's some who are just, uh, uh, really good friends who care about football in, in the province who were like, yeah, they wanted to be there and be a part of it. And so that was, yeah, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a special day 
both both sets of supporters had the TFO as well. I did not know you were a big Annie Lennox fan. <laughs> well, that actually... Or Marlon Manson's version. Was that the one you were going for? No, no. Goff, it was your tribute to me, yeah. Goff. With... Yeah, oh my. No, well, that actually, I haven't, I got a, I haven't messaged him, but actually that song has come, came to the Vancouver community from, from, from your, from our, our mutual good friend, Gordy. Um, oh. He's the one who brought that song. I can't remember who it was for. I think it was for a national team game. That's where I'm pretty sure it started with a national team game. Uh, uh, if anyone it, hasn't seen it, by the way, we're talking about sweet dreams yeah. are made of these. Sweet dreams are made of these black and red on the field of green. We travel the world and the same sea to cheer on our Eagles to victory. Um, so yeah, so that oh, was I like that. That's, that's really good. Yeah, so that's why. And well, here's the the only thing that kind of was a little bit a little bit frustrating was because we had checked, of course, ahead of time, and we're told like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna wear the black and red. We're gonna wear the black and red. We're gonna wear the black and red. So we're like perfect because that suits with what we're like. We, we, even before we started on things, we, yeah. we asked. We're like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. I asked like a, a week before. I asked a couple days before. They're like, yeah, yeah, black and red, black and red, black and red. And then it was like I was just like someone's like, "Hey, warm up." I think they're wearing all black. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> but whatever." So, that, anyways, that's the work. So, an image of the eagle it said the the banner said "Sweet Dreams," and then we used some uh, some flags to to you know that one half was black, one half was red. Um, yeah, I, I haven't watched the broadcast. I know the beginning of the broadcast didn't really show the deployment, you know, because it was it was kind of in stages, um, and so. But there are some okay pictures out there. Yeah, well, there, there's one in our match report. Felipe did a post-game report, so we've got a good Oh, picture. I haven't clicked on that link. Oh, yeah, Beau mm. Chevalier has a brilliant picture of the TIFO, which was actually going to be the main picture. I was initially going to put that, and the headline was going to be Vancouver FC's sweet dreams turn into Derby Day nightmare, was my original headline. But then I went with an even better lead picture, I felt. Oh yeah, it just now. Yeah, well, I, well, I know, I see it. Yeah, which is of course the Pacific funny. Fat I, players celebrating right in front of you. I loved it so much. Not all the Vancouver FC fans did. I believe an object was thrown at the the Pacific FC players. Do we want to talk about this now? Yeah, let's talk about this now. Okay, well, there's there's a few. I thought, was, I thought it was German and Qatar all over again. No, Michael. Oh yeah, that's a good picture from Bo. Um, yeah. No, um, was a great photographer. Yeah, totally. Uh, no, I mean, so one of uh, one of the things I've I've talked with uh, the stewards of Vancouver FC, you know, for for quite some time now, is how this whole, you know, the CPL talks a lot about they're growing an, in an industry, they're growing a culture, they're 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 laying foundations for all this stuff. Yes, as. Uh, I've had the privilege of connecting with supporters from across the league since the league started started in some, you know, social media chat groups and whatever that people have allowed me to be a part of in anticipation of all this stuff happening out here. And um, as I've listened and um, asked a few questions and whatever, I mean, one of the areas that needs to grow is how, how uh, clubs and their stadiums, um, uh, embrace the importance of away support at and, and properly accommodate them yeah so from the very beginning we've talked with uh vancouver you know the stewards of our club about how we're hoping that we in the way we welcome in in fan away uh, away supporters into our stadium and welcome's not the right word the way we accommodate um away supporters in, in our stadium can maybe help 
set some um, precedents in the league or show some best practices or whatever. And and so far, um, I've been really encouraged by some of that. And then dealing with Pacific, there's been some really great things about it. You know, starting with even the ticket price was, um, you know, within reason because, you know, if it wasn't, you know, uh, that could have created certain issues. Um, yeah. But but um, but no, I think it was great that they were willing to give us a whole section. That was great. But obviously, all of these stadiums, even one like Starlight that has, you know, have have has had add-ons to it and stuff, they're not built for like here is a place that is designated for away supporters. You know what I mean? Um, and so, yeah, you have there's no separation, right? Which is yeah. Kinda, did did you needed. have some Pacific fans like as you look onto the pitch to your left? Oh yeah. Yeah, it so, looked like there so, was a no, but, section. But there. so here's the deal: we were once, we were once, we were one thirteen. The reason why they didn't put us in that little section once is because it's the worst view. That section right. is actually because by I think provincial or federal law, they have to have a section of the stadium that the devoted section of the stadium that is alcohol free, and that little section to our left is the alcohol free section. So they're like, we can't put you there because we're not gonna, you know, bring you here and say you can't drink, can't drink. Um, and it's so the worst view in the alcohol freeze. Yes. Wow. But they use that. That's like their last place they sell tickets, unless there's a group, or sometimes they'll do group sales there. So we were told there might be some people next to you. There might not be on that side. On the other side, yes, there was a section of. Oh yeah, so the ones on the other side. Other yeah. side. So we were surrounded, surrounded a little bit, which is again, that's not the end of the world. The problem is there was not adequate security, right? So it, it wasn't even just the goal. It was like at the beginning of the near the beginning of the game some lakeside boy thought it would be a great idea just to come up and just like be chirping at us like non-stop and it was, i was just like what it, like what are you doing like are you trying to incite like a, like problems like this i mean and he was like wearing lakeside boy stuff and whatever and i i know that i know the head of the lakeside boys and mike michael's a great guy and we'll talk yeah. about this and michael and i talked and to be fair michael and i talked ahead of time about how can we avoid problems and issues and they're, they're great to deal with and stuff and they um, said, make sure I don't come over and everything should be fine. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but so there was very limited security. So this one dude, whatever, people said, hey, like, you need to move on. And so eventually he did. And someone went and talked to him. I think actually it might have been Brandon might have went and talked to him and said, look, because he, he knows that the Lakeside Boys really well as well. Um, but literally there was like only like one security guard there. And so then you had a bunch of teenagers walking by, giving us the finger and whatever, like, it was it was really fun because with my kids after we they they saw a lot of fingers uh, on this trip, and so we got we got I got to we got to talk about have you ever seen that part of Seinfeld Seinfeld's routine where he's like why why am I supposed to be offended by or impressed or whatever by someone showing me their middle finger oh, have you ever no. seen this no oh, yeah he's just, he's like he's like you know if I was in traffic and I'm in traffic and someone shows me the finger like am I supposed to be upset by this like what is this is this impressive and he goes on to say he's like. You know, if someone were to like show me their middle toe, that that would be impressive. That I I take notice of that. Well, he's that's like, obviously what you guys have to do for the I, next game. Yeah. He's like, I don't I don't take issues with middle fingers anymore. Anyways, um, so yeah, there were some some dudes who walked by, gave us the finger, whatever, big deal. Um, and did you just shout, "We've got electricity"? Look, here's a mobile phone. <laughs> that's the kind of stuff we did down in Scotland. I can imagine. Uh, Cowed and beef. Yeah, oh, I, I yes, remember all your count yes. responses. Anyways, that, that was a big issue. Um, but no, I mean the, the way doing doing some TFO together, um, 
uh, the other key element in all this, which I haven't heard talked about so much on social social media, but we talked about it in the ground. Do you know the other significant element in all this, Michael, about the support of the way support? It's one word, real simple thing. Um, we won't have at home matches. Something we won't have at home matches. Uh, segregation? No. No. We'll have that. Mm. Something we won't. Oh, no. I, was, I don't know. A roof. Oh. It was It was oh. very... Oh, very, don't start me on that. It was very, very get Rob helpful. on the show, I'll be starting with Rob on that. Well, oh, dude, I talked to Rob about it to get the game, and he was like, yeah, we, we, yeah, he expressed. Can you not like, just make a little canopy that can get just over you guys? Uh, yeah, probably not. Probably not right away. Um, but, but no, just, just before you move on, just talking to the Tifo, what, what did you think of the Pacific Tifo? Because I, I quite liked on, that as well. Okay, I thought so, that was really, really clever. Plus, so they've got it, the... The Which, th- yeah, this isn't great for podcasts. Yeah. It looks like are you milking? Are you milking cow? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So no. Uh. So honestly, because I, I was focused on what we were doing, but I had to look over, and uh, in the in the stadium, it didn't look like it didn't come off, like from a distance from where we were. I was like, it doesn't look like it's working properly, or I couldn't like see it. it fully. They seem to have trouble getting it up, but I mean, we all have after a, a few beers. <laughs> But 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 uh, that is like I've watched I've seen that on the broadcast and it looks really good. Yeah, it looks good on the broadcast. And, and the there's t- a nice shot which I took a picture of of on the screen, uh, like the the, sc- yeah, the scoreboard yeah. in the stadium. It's got your tifo in the background, and then yeah. then it's got well, theirs beside that's it. That's the problem though. Is ours was it was still being like it was still being unfurled the front. Yeah, you it took ages. No, but that was well the yeah the, the issues with the unfurling were not. We're not part of the plan, but the plan was in stages. So you unfurl, you hold. We held these things. We shook them. We waved them. It was a whole, a whole ordeal. I, I some I've people sent, have... sent you a photo of what I took the screen grab from. Okay, I'll look at that. Oh, there you are. Yeah, yeah. See, ours wasn't even fully out then. So you know, the person, the person who was holding up that side that was having issues was, uh, yeah, my eleven-year-old daughter. I think that was partly why there was issues with getting it. Well, there it was a. There was a poll uh, that was causing a problem. Name anyway, and so, shame. Yeah, no, but no, I'm so glad she was a part of it. Um, but uh, no, so the, I think I think the Tifo was Tifo was actually really really quality, um, and is in line with the stuff they've been done in the past with the whole you know octopus thing or whatever. Yeah. Or is it is it is it not? It's well, yeah, not, that's the T-shirt that I said I got. The Welcome yeah. to the Pacific, and it's got yeah. the yeah. It is an octopus. Cra- right? Well, it's cracking up. Op- cracking. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, no, um, it was that was really great, and it was just great. It wasn't it great to have a, a game with a home and away tifo. It it was like just to have the, that amount of traveling support, and I, yeah. I really hope that they're going to bring a lot over. I, I know Cavalry are hoping to bring a couple of dozen fans through for the. No, 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 no. more than more, that, more than that. Yeah, there's already at least thirty five tickets sold, and they'll probably hopefully get close to fifty. I think. Oh, that'd but, be fantastic. But they also and, have... Uh, uh, the Way fans and Langley, they're all going to be in the North Stand. Is that right? They are going to be on the East Stand on the North Corner. But the North Stand is where I would put them. There is no North Stand. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no. slow. I just thought I would spell that out again. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that they won't be treated like that. Okay. Um, is this the stand that's going to be ready or the stand that's... Still getting built. I, oh, actually, yeah. I, this that's the one stand that's the, I think the last to be. I don't yeah. know because if they're northeast, that's going to be possibly the last section. Maybe 
So maybe they'll be standing in the north. Yeah, they might be in the north after all. But the no, north um, remembers. But no, so yeah, it was it was uh, it was really it was really great. But so security also going back to security could have been uh, much better. So um, so aside from this one lakeside boy and a, a bunch of teenagers, you know, flashing fingers or whatever. Um, so what happens is yeah, the, the you know the poor well the, there's a poor clearance to begin with and then the poor clearance that leads to the goal for Apricio. Yeah, so uh, great great strike, you know, great great goal, and um, and he runs he runs to the corner. And I haven't read all the things that I mean, you've told me some stuff about. He said, oh, I couldn't, I could not do it or whatever and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he basically saw you there and thought, I, I can't, we're right in front of them. I can't not do it and run over. Plus it stokes the whole Derby yeah. so, rivalry. And I, I genuinely love that. If so I'd been in we... that section, I'd be going fucking nuts at them. Yeah. But there we go. So there was, I think there was a lot of, uh, I'm sorry, my understanding uh, from some other people, there, I think there was a number of fingers shown to him. Um, equal to the to the scoreline, um, but uh, no. So here's a, a couple couple I think important things about this before we talk about the can. Uh, number one, um, I I appreciate it on a couple levels. One, because you're right, it does add to the whole rivalry and the our team and your team and not you know not liking each other and whatever. Um, it also I think I think he only does that. Because there was an actual away support presence. Yes. Like if, if there's like if there's a bunch of if there's a bunch of people who aren't you know actively supporting or yeah, just like if, if there's there, two I, Valor fans sitting in the stand, he's not going to run over to them. Exactly. Exactly. I so, still would, but in, that's in, one, in one so in one sense, there's like uh, uh, yeah, they they tried to shush us because we were we were being loud in their house. Yes. So so that that's there's a positive side to it if you can if you can see it that way. Um, when it comes to the can, so I, personally, I was facing, uh, the, the group of, uh, of players at this moment, at that moment. So I wasn't looking at our own people. Uh, I think I, I think I might've been actually just saying to Manny, like, oh, like, oh, yeah, come on, come on. <laughs> come on. Oh yeah. Oh, come, the good old come. Scottish. Yeah. 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 But with just one hand, not two. Um, cause I think, my, I think my other hand was, had a megaphone in it, but, um. The other hand had a big finger going towards him. No, it, it did not. I was trying. Actually, I was trying to get my sock and shoe off to show a toe. Ah, um, you, but- you looked down. You just saw Kirk going. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There's pictures of Kirk though. There's pictures. Of Kirk. I think. I think there's a picture with like his. He's like this with. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta double check that. Uh-huh. Um, anyways, anyways. Um, uh, so I didn't. I didn't see. I didn't see who threw who threw the can. So obviously, a, a can comes out of the out of the section. Uh, towards the players, uh, what's his name? Um, this right, right back substitute for George, number thirteen. I don't know. You know, you know him. I, can't, I for some reason his name's it's a hyphenated name. Um, oh, the one I always have trouble pronouncing. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, he catches it or whatever, and just like drops it on the ground. Um. So okay, first off, and I know Mil- some people. Melur, not Melur. He's the other one I can't pronounce. Oh, the, oh the, you're talking about Mayor Giguere? Yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't him. No. Number 13, right back. Oh, Dada Luki. Yeah. I yeah. Can't pronounce him. Okay, sorry, Amos. He he he, he catches it. I couldn't remember. I can't remember. Couldn't I was remember like, what? I thought the guy so, I can pronounce is the Thomas guy. No, they just call him TMG. They call him TMG. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so he catches it, drops it. So... Uh, I know some people were tweeting at at you or me or whatever, like, oh, well, you know, what, yes. what, 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 is, what are they going to say about this on the show? So here's the thing. 
I uh I unlike Michael with with violence of football, I don't condone condone such behavior. Uh I don't think it was the right thing to do, obviously. Um now uh well, after it happened so after it happened, a few minutes after it happened or whatever, uh I a person who works for Pacific came up to us and was just like, Hey, you need to tell us who that was. Cause if we don't throw them out, then you won't be allowed back in the future. And uh, I was just like, uh, well, that's crazy. Cause I don't know who threw it. <laughs> and I don't think anyone's going to own up to throwing it right now. Um, but whatever. So they were like, they were like, no, you have to. And I was just like, okay. So I, I literally, I, later on I, a few, a few moments later, I did say, Hey, if anyone wants to uh, talk about the can that was thrown, you can go talk to this gentleman over here. And um, contrary to the, the things that I saw posted online, I don't know that uh, that actually happened. Like, I didn't see anyone leave the so section. You don't know that someone got kicked no, out for sure. No, I don't know. that. So, so there yeah. people are like, oh, they got kicked out and they're getting a ban or whatever. I don't. That might have happened, but I didn't see that happen. Um, but it, it, It's a, a stupid thing. It's totally, it's totally, it's totally a stupid thing to do because here's the other thing, right? Like, we... Be, it's added to with the whole not being a right amount of security, right? Because if there's a right amount of security there, Michael, they see what happens, they grab the person, they deal with them, yeah. whatever, right? Uh, if and I saw, if security had been there, it may not have happened to begin with because folk are less likely to uh, then do that. Another excellent point, Michael. The other thing which, which, which we were talking about after is, you know, if I saw who did it, my inclination would have been take the individual with a few... Uh, you know, people who I know and trust and sit yep. down with them and talk to them. Oh, not take him round the back and kick shit out of him. No. Oh, we, we deal with things very differently. Very differently. Yeah. yeah. I would have said, I would have said you've not had, you've not had your weekly or your annual appraisal yet though. No. Yeah. No. So I would have sat down with them and talking about how like that, that's not cool. And that doesn't help what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, and then talked about, you know, go forwards from there or whatever. So, but what did happen on the pot? So I don't want to leave this on a negative note on a positive note. What happened was this same individual from Pacific after the game was over, as we're cleaning up, came down, we just had to sit down and chat, which was really, really great. And the individual, I won't, I won't say their name or whatever, but they were just like, uh, they were like, Hey, I'm sorry. They, they sort of apologized. Hey, I'm sorry that, you know, how that, how that all came about and whatever, or like I, they were sorry about how they interacted with us. And I said the same thing. I was just like, look, I'm sorry if I was a little bit abrasive as well, because I really was not really having what they were saying in that moment, because I like was unrealistic to me that anything like that would happen. But um, uh, so we just sat down and we talked about the good things that happened on the day. We talked about things that can be improved both on, on their side and on our side. And it was a really, I think, a positive thing. And uh, um, he said to me, uh yeah he oh, yeah, i won't tell you the rest of that you and i could talk about that more another time but yeah anyway so it was it was a good i think it was a good learning moment i'm happy that no one actually got hit or hurt by the by the can and again i don't condone such behavior i personally don't think i've ever done that before myself and don't envision myself doing that in the future um and uh same for you know you know vancouver fc supporters i, I hope that doesn't become a an, on, an ongoing thing however oh. I, I do think it's also on the as much as I appreciate it in terms of the rivalry and the, they were doing it as a response to the away support, I think that the league and their clubs and their officials need to be a little bit careful because my understanding is, uh, as we you and I have talked before the show, there, yeah. was, there was no booking shown, although the referee was over there with his yellow card out. As That's what I remember yeah, seeing. Yeah, because we were talking before the show and you were like, had his card out. I was like, no, there's no Pacific players, at least on the official stats, showing as being booked yeah. for the entire game. 
And so the yeah, so it it looked to me like he booked at least one player or two players the way he had the card out and the way. He, anyways, I maybe it was the guy that threw the car and he was given the yellow card to possibly or the security guard. Mm. Um. So um. But um. The other thing I want to say about that. So so the league I think needs because I think that's. Oh, that's against the laws of the game, right? You're not. Yeah, it's excessive be- celebrations and it's goading the rival right. fans. Incitement. Yes, exactly. Um, you and I were talking about the Gary Neville incident from years yeah. ago. I think that was after a victory against Liverpool at Old Trafford, where he, I think he got, did he get banned for that after? I can't, I can't, I can't remember. remember. I mean, he still goads him to this day on Sky TV, but yeah, but that, the, yeah. the Liverpool fans have had more of the last laugh in that in recent years. That's, that's true. But the, the other thing I do want to say, actually, though, about this was. Because it wasn't just uh, Apricio, uh, it was the whole team. Right? Oh, yeah, there's some great photos. Yeah. Josh Hairs right over there enjoying it. The other thing, though, the, the one thing I did appreciate, because in the moment I was just like, oh, I was just like, yeah, I was, I was, you know, frustrated. Um, because, well, more so because we were losing. Um, but um, the one person who I did have a little bit more respect for than the others was Amir Didich. Because at the end of the game, Amir Didich came over and gave like a nod, gave a clap to the away to the away supporters. Oh, that's lovely! Uh, like out of respect, and I was like, oh, okay, well, he, like he gets it. Like he he gave it in the moment, but he came over and like you know. So I, um, I thought that was I thought that was I thought that was cool. Um, so yeah, so hopefully we don't see that. Uh, hopefully we see the rivalry continue to grow like it did in moments like that. But hopefully we don't see any any more moments of especially. Items being thrown on the pitch or thrown at players or or whatever. Well, I, I mean, I would say that the can throwing incident was kind of. I mean, it, it just matched Vancouver FC's performance. Didn't get it on target, and yeah, disappointingly missed the missed the target in the end. But if we get into the game, I, that was my unsubtle attempt to try and just quickly talk about the game. I've got to say. It wasn't a game for the ages. I was a little bit disappointed by the action on the pitch. I thought both teams cancelled each other out a little bit in that that first half. And I think Pacific deserved the victory. I think they just edged the game overall. Defensively, Vancouver looked really strong. We talked about this last week. That back three is like awesome. Beasts. James Merriman was asked about the size of them, and he's like, oh, yeah. And they're not going to give up a lot of goals. I think it's the first game, but we have seen them pre-season as well. And a couple of the games, they've relied on penalties against Altitude and FC Tigers to get on the score sheet. I do worry that the lack of goals in this team could come back to bite them big in the, the opening part of this season. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think your analysis is fair. I think uh, I think that yeah, we knew that they were going to struggle a little bit. I think on the offensive side of things, especially with Gale not being fit enough to to start, Gale Sandoval. Um, yeah, I think that, that hurt them because I think when he came on, I think that added a bit of a spark. Because um, Ashton was asked afterwards about that, actually by by Felipe, and he said. It was a little bit tactical, a little bit game management because there's three games in eight days and he wants Gale to play in all three of them. Yeah. So it's a case of managing those minutes. But you would have thought in a big game like this, if he was good to go, you would have started him. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, Michael, he's not fully fit. 
Like he, he's I, carrying, I'm pretty sure as well. He's carrying a knock. He's carrying some an injury. He's carrying like a niggly thing. Yeah, like as I've seen, it's just we are kind of using the the yeah. amount of games to kind of cover that. Um, but I think I think although yeah, it, it wasn't. Uh, I I don't think it was. That, you're right. I don't think it was an amazing match, a football match. But I think it was it was engaging and it, the occasion made it. You know. Uh, a good like a spec a good enough spectacle to you know to appreciate watching it right um and even the the atmosphere around it or whatever i think like i texted you after the game i think that ultimately it's as hard as it is to say this i think pacific were were worthy winners but that you know we held our own and we put in a respectable performance yeah um, uh, and I, mean, for, I think first game and it's an inexperienced side that's still getting chemistry and still finding its feet against a, a team with a lot of CPL experience. Yeah. I think if uh Shan's, you know, offside goal had been onside, mm. I think that it could have it could have been the three two game I was hoping for in our in our preview. Yeah. I, I kinda worry that so much of this Vancouver attack though is based on Shan Hundle turning yeah. it on and doing it at, well, I think, at well, a I think high it, level. It's more based on, I think, on uh Sandoval being fit and creating and, and or scoring himself. I think though what you'll see throughout the year is you'll see uh, a player or two added that will. Uh, sorry, I, let me put it this way: I would be shocked if during the season there's not a player or potentially two added that are more at uh, the difference maker level than what's currently in the roster. Yeah. Well, let me just go. Doot doot. The train yeah. is pulling into Speculation Central. Yeah. Theo Bear. Over with St. Johnston in Scotland. Their manager, Callum Davidson, has just been sacked. And oh. Theo hasn't really been more than a kind of bench player for them. I wouldn't expect him to be let go at the end of the season. Now, he might want to stay in Europe. May want to stay in Scotland. I'm not sure he will. But, I mean, that could be a guy that comes back for the second half of the season and just wants to show what he can do again to put him his name back in the frame. He is not, not a name that I've honestly that I've heard uh, at, at this moment, but um, it was just the yeah. first thing that came into my head when yeah. Callum Davison got sacked this morning. Yeah, no, because I mean he's a he's not a because he's Canadian. It wouldn't matter, right? Because mm -hmm. they're at oh, the yeah. moment at the moment they're they don't have room with their uh, over twenty three international spots. Yes, although they do have a under twenty three international spot that looks fixed. It does appear that Christian Mares is loan has been terminated by Puebla. Yeah, so this is this uh I was talking to a mutual friend of ours about this uh on the on the trip home and uh yeah, so essentially it's a yeah, a mutual termination. There were I think things from both parties that were like, oh, this isn't quite the fit. I mean, the dude is what 18, right? And I think it was his first time time really away from uh if not home then, you know, Mexican culture. Um, you know, and so I think, I think it was a bit difficult for him. Um, the funny, the funny thing is with Mares, I, I don't know, um, based, and this was just based on the, the Instagram posts or whatever, but I always confuse Mares and Crawford. <laughs> and cause I remember, I remember the, it was at the, the game in Newton that you were at. And I was just like, I was like, Mares is playing left back. Mm. I, like, I didn't think he was a left back, but I swear that's him. And uh, yeah, some people uh, corrected me that that no, no, that's Crawford. He they just look a little bit alike. 
But no, so yeah, it, it, it is it's disappointing that it didn't come to more. But again, I think it will create um, a space for them to do something else that will be meaning more meaningful. Camilo, Camilo. Well, in the next part, we're actually talking to CPL Commissioner Mark Noonan. And I do ask him about whether there's a chance of increasing the number of international overage players. So you, you can listen intently to, to what he says in, in the next part. But, I mean, overall, I think it it was a, a good first BC Derby, atmosphere-wise, if maybe not some of the action on the pitch. I think Pacific are, are looking like they could be a, a force to be reckoned with again this year. I really well, like the squad that, they, that they've built. I know I should know this, and I saw him briefly before the game. I didn't get to, to connect or whatever. Kakut is just not uh, ready yet? Yeah, he's only had a couple of days training, so James felt that he wasn't up to, to kind of yeah. match fitness just yet. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so they, they I mean, both sides weren't at full strength, so that, yeah. that's, it'll be interesting to see where things are at the in the next meeting, which I think is in June. I mean, Afshin felt that the team showed in their first game that they are a top team, and it's a team that can be there at the end of the year and win the championship feel that's a little bit optimistic from what he saw on that first display but he he also said he's not a coach that gets down with a defeat and he'll pick the team up fairly quickly and they'll just move on now to the, the Canadian Championship game that we'll, we'll talk about in part four. So the CPL season kicked off this weekend. We've chatted about the BC Derby but believe it or not there were three other games this weekend. Not everyone will probably know that. But there were three other games, and the season kicked off with Ottawa-Halifax, a one-all draw, both goals in the first half. Zachary Fernandez fired Halifax into surprise, I think, yeah. for many folks, 16-minute lead. Good finish, uh, you know, inside of his foot, bottom corner, back across goal. Nice goal for Halifax. Yeah. I was excited for them, happy for them. But then it was, hooray for Hollywood. Dude, I love the Hollywood sign behind the goal. Even Caitlin saw it and was like, oh, that's so clever. But yeah, the Ginger Ninja pops up with the equaliser, first half stoppage time, and I, I thought Ottawa would go on uh, and win that game, but a share of the points in the end. I do like what Halifax have got as a core, and it's how how much they can sustain that over the course of the season. Yeah. But Patrice Geyser is a very good coach. And he's deserved his chance. And we've seen what he's done with Vaughn Azuri. And we'll be getting him on the show soon just to, to chat about everything. But I, I liked I liked the hustle of Halifax. It did feel yeah. very much like a different kind of Halifax to what we saw under Stephen Hart on the yeah. road. And I know you talk, we talked about a lot with Felipe on the pre, pregame show. But in one other than obviously Vancouver FC being a completely new, <laughs> new, you know, new squad, like everyone's new, obviously. Um, it's the first year of the team, but yeah, I think the the team that to me is is most interesting, or or perhaps the biggest overhaul, is Halifax. And like we said before, they have a great um, base of you know support in their community and a great stadium and all that kind of stuff. And so it's going to be interesting to see how how they how they progress this year. The second game, the old foes met again. Forge two, cavalry two. This was this was a a, a decent enough game. Meyer Berry yeah. put the Cavs ahead in the thirty sixth. Jordan Hamilton yeah. leveled from the spot five minutes later. Bad decision by Marco Carducci. 
to give away the penalty. I, I yeah. don't know what else he could really have done, but no. try and force him maybe wide or something. But it, it was yeah. a, it was a clear penalty. It was a nice finish and nice celebration from Bevan. Bevan with Mason, they did the yes. Oh the, yeah, but he was doing he did that when he scored against the Caps as well. I don't know where it comes from actually. No, I, should probably well, I, I don't know where it's from, but they do. It's a FIFA celebration. But it's, I, I, I thought it was, last year I thought it was because Russell Tiber had the eye patch on. No, but it turns right, out it's not. Right. No, but I think he did one eye and then Mason did the opposite eye. It was, oh. it was, uh, it was good. Um, yeah, it's cavalry, maybe a little bit of a surprise because folk didn't really know what to expect. And obviously, this is all nobody really knows what to expect. It's the first game of the year. But I, I liked what I saw from them. Mikhail Kantavi put Cavs back in front of the 64th, but they were pegged back again by Noah Jensen. Biggest disappointment in this, no sending-offs. <laughs> Yeah, because those matches tend to have a... Yeah, I, I, like, I, I like these. Then the game today, it was York 2, Valor 2. I was an interested spectator in this, obviously with Valor coming to play TSS midweek. Halftime, I sent a message through to Colin and Willie at TSS going, oh, you'll be quaking in your boots after that first half performance. Didn't feel as cocky and confident after the second half. Valor kind of turned it on a little bit uh, in that second half. York look poor. And what, what uh, one of the questions, actually, just quickly, Zach, before I get your thoughts on it, I meant to ask you this when we were doing our preview. If York don't make the playoffs this year, Marty? Martin Nash has got to go, you'd have to say. Uh, yeah, possibly. Uh, I think it depends on how the, how the season plays out, but it wouldn't be shocking if that, if that were to happen in that way. Um. I, I think this was this was an intriguing game, right? You're right because these are both the sides that the um, the, uh, the the uh, main pundits and fans had no, them no, no. as the bottom two. No, no, that's not no. what I was gonna say. The, oh. I was trying to choose my words carefully, but I'll say there are the both the sides in the the uh, the opponents of both the sides in the lower main that are playing in the opening rounds of the Voyager's Cup. Oh yes. Right? So so like you talked about, yeah, this is it was huge. I'm sure, I'm sure everyone from TSS and all the owners and fa and fans were watching this to see okay, what are they looking like? Yeah, and obviously and, I forgot you'll be watching it from the Vancouver exactly. FC point of so, view. So from the TSS You'll be feeling side, cocky and confident that a nil nil draws on the cards. Well, <laughs> well, hang, we'll come to that in a moment. So for TSS, I thought, oh yeah, the, like the, I did not expect this start from from Valor to be so, like, uh, I guess, comprehensive win, right? Um, and uh, I, I saw someone, I think it was jokingly, be like, oh, yeah, they're going to win 5-0. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember who it was. They're going to win 5-0 at Swangard. <laughs> um, but, no, like, are you, like, does that, does that performance make you concerned? Or, um, like me, do you think that York just kind of, really underperformed and the one thing i haven't looked up is D is de rosario injured like why did he start? well he was on the bench he's not fully fit okay so he's like sandoval yeah probably. okay i think it's a case of it's a long season let's not do anything stupid to make him miss a number of games by him breaking down by by playing him because they they were yeah they were really underwhelming i know i know the first goal was like that own goal or whatever right it was a little bit unfortunate but um yeah uh, I, I was I was yeah I would like you I was underwhelmed by York and I don't say that in a cocky way in terms of VFC playing them on Wednesday in the V's Cup because um, I still think that the the best of York United like their best eleven uh, will be hard for for us to beat like it it will be um, yeah I I like 
I partly joked I could see it being nil nil. Oh yeah, yeah. And then yeah. it goes to penalties. And with that Vancouver defence, it's like stay solid, get to nil nil. It might not be the best result for him. I just from a TSS point of view, I was a bit more concerned by full time than I was at half time. I am concerned about the physicality of Valor. That was a very physical match just in general though. Yeah. Both teams are flying in. Yeah. But I think it's the it's the difference in levels because you're looking mm. at tier three against tier two, if you wish, and those players, you see the beasts, the athletic specimens that, for example, the Vancouver FC backline, but just some of the players in the CPL, and then you look at the build and stuff of some of the players that's going to be on this TSS side, and there's a big sort of body build differential, mm. and I do wonder if Phil DeSantis will come here with the thing in mind of let's just kind of like rough them up a little bit and use this. Because yeah. I, say, I was saying to Colin, oh, need to kick them off the park and match that physicality. But they like to play good football. Yeah. And I don't know that they've got the players that can match that physicality as well. Just, so I don't want to rebuke you, Michael, but technically it's Canada Div 1 versus Canada Div 3. Where's Canada Div 2? There isn't one yet. Yet, yet, and then and then Funny there are those we'll talk about that with the commissioner in the next part. Yeah, and then there, and then there are those who play an American Div One. Yeah. Anyway, you talk about shocking things. Valor's top of the table after yeah. the first weekend of the CPL action. I think that's a shocking thing. But we are going to continue our CPL chat because I do sit down with Commissioner Mark Noonan. And we're going to hear from him very shortly. But Zach's got one more thing he no, wants to I, say. Well, just, just one other thing I saw this making the, the rounds, I think, on, on Twitter or whatever. It, it would seem, and I wonder, or I just want to get your thoughts on it. It seemed like a good weekend for the Canadian Premier League, if not in terms of, you know, um, you know some of the quality of the games, whatever, but in terms of the turnout. Um, I didn't like, actually see what the attendances were. And obviously it's hard to tell with York because the camera's facing... Yeah, away from the fans, as stupidly it's going to be for the TSS game on on Wednesday night. Oh yeah, right. Um, I I heard that it was like seven seven six on Saturday. So like I heard that yeah, it was it was quite good. Now I don't know is it opening day? Is it a World Cup bump? Is it uh, is it something well, it's, else? It's nice weather out east as weather. well. Weather. Yeah, weather helped because those those games in the the East Coast they were all sunny from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, because here... when I when I was talking to to the commissioner and Laura Armstrong before we did our chat, oh yeah, that they were saying, oh, looking forward to this. I was like, yeah, well, it's going to piss down there, which it turned out it didn't. It did here, but it didn't over there. And they were like, oh, really? Because it's so nice weather here. They just it assumed rained. it was going to be lovely in BC. It, it, it was actually a great day. It rained I a know. little bit, but the roof helped. Mm. imagine that oh. uh, and um it wasn't too cold like you like in a hoodie you were fine you could even not gone without a hoodie lots of people did it was yeah. it was it my was hands good. turned a weird color here filming the provincial <laughs> cup game <laughs> but no anyways it's i yeah without knowing the the, the york number it's just encouraging opening weekend and you hope it's not just an opening weekend or a good weather thing but hopefully it's a a sign of a progression on that front because i remember i was reading an article to, yeah yeah, I was reading an article uh, about uh, Valor, right? They're publicly owned by the community or whatever, and they were they were talking about how they need, I think it's four and a half to five a game, and last year they averaged like three, one, one, one. And so 
yeah, it was good signs. I know, and Valor wasn't at home, obviously, yet, but yeah. Yeah, well, last little thing then, Valor, what do you, what do you make of the ownership group coming out basically saying we need to get 5,000 fans in to make this sustainable? Yeah, well, yeah, so I, I, read, that, I read that quote in the one article. I don't, yeah. Yeah, we'll 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 see long term what what comes of, of Valor. I do know, like I have heard different things about about Valor and uh, the pros and the cons of the things that are happening there. Hmm. I mean, it is a good time for the CPL, and they do hope to expand further. And that's one of the many things we're going to sit down and chat with with CPL Commissioner Mark Noonan, and we'll be back with that after this. Hi, I'm Ollie Bassett, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. She won't go out with me, no, she won't go out cause my intellect's paper thin. She won't go out with me, no, she won't go out cause my intellect's not like him. So like Welcome back to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part is our Artist of the Month here at AFTN for the month of April, American Brothers Sparks. And that is a song released as a single in 2009, taken from their 2008 album, Exotic Creatures of the Deep, their 21st studio album. And that was a song called Lighten Up Morrissey. A song basically about Smith's frontman Morrissey and how all, all the, the trendy girls want their boyfriends to be like Morrissey and read poetry and be all all like that. But it's hard to live up to a person like Morrissey. Also, especially when you eat meat, which Morrissey is well known for not. Which is also why he won't tour in Canada. He doesn't believe with all the seal clubbing and stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. No, t- uh, genuine. He yeah, won't yeah. play in Canada because of that. Because like the government like doesn't ban it, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Okay. Because it it happens kind of like in the northern parts of Canada. Yeah. Right? He also won't play at festivals where um they're like cooking meat burgers and stuff because he doesn't want to smell the the meat burning and and stuff mm. like that as well. So. Yeah. I, I have I have lots of questions with this, but I'll save them for more time recording. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back to the football chat then. So, as we mentioned, a decent opening weekend in the CPL. Various quality in the matches on display, but the fifth year of the league is underway 
We're very excited about it. And so is still kind of newish CPL Commissioner Mark Noonan. Noonan took over from David Clanahan on September 1st last year. He's in his eighth month in the job. Got a chance to sit down with him on Friday afternoon just to chat about his time so far, his where he'd like to see the league going under his direction, talked about expansion and a whole load of other things as well. So go stick the kettle on, grab your biscuit of choice, maybe make it an Nanaimo bar. Sit back and enjoy our chat with CPL Commissioner Mark Noonan. So thank you for joining us on the, the show today, Mark. The, the league's moving into year five. It feels a a big year for the CPL. How are you feeling at this moment, the day before heading into to this new season? Uh, I've got butterflies. I'm so excited. You know, I, I, I wish I were on the field playing still, but, uh, you know, the, we, the league has made so much progress through very, very difficult and challenging times. And, um, you know, we, you know, despite that, still placed five five men on our men's national team, you know, that have come through through the CPL. Despite that, we were able to launch a new team and a new stadium in, in, in Vancouver. Uh, and, and so, you know, the, the, there are these little victories that you get over time as you kind of step over all the, the roadblocks that we've encountered. And, you know, that's how you build a league. Building leagues is hard. You know, and uh, you know we're resilient, and we've got you know, great people at the league office, great people at our team office that are incredibly dedicated. And uh, you know, we couldn't be more excited. You know, building off of the success we had in our playoffs last year, heading into season number five. Yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting. It's going to be a a, a really good year. It's obviously your first season fully in charge. I think you're what, into your eighth month now in in the role, or maybe ninth. But it's it's going to be an exciting one. What does the shape of the Canadian Premier League look like in the the Mark Noonan era? I'm not sure what you mean by by, by shape, but like, uh, is, is there is there any particular direction really that that you'd want to go? Like, have you given yourself a mandate of what you want the league to be looking like by the time you decide to say step down? Wow, I just got here and you're already retiring me. <laughs> yeah, well, we hope you hope you hang about for a while, but yeah, just, yeah, like, you would, just your plan really for you how both. you'd like to see it grow. Yeah, we need to we need to grow. It's a, Canada's a huge country. We only have eight, eight teams. We we I think we have the longest commute between uh, between matches between Halifax and, and Victoria, and yeah. uh, uh, we need to fill in a lot of those gaps. And we're working really hard um, to. Uh, Add, add clubs and, and add communities that uh, that want to support uh, the Canadian Premier League. And I was, I, I'd be disappointed if we don't double the size of the league, at least in, in the next decade. I'd like to have 12 teams playing by 2026. Uh, because of the size of the country, it would be great to have an East and a West division. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to work toward the, the, the possibility of promotion and relegation. You may know that we, we own something called League One, uh, which is uh, yes. uh, a, a Division Three league, and you know, taking the best the best clubs out of League One and perhaps creating a, a, a Division Two is something that we're thinking about. Um, and so there's a, there's a world of possibilities because we're just getting started. I was laughing. I was um, in Madrid uh, a couple weeks ago. 
meeting with uh, the ownership of uh, Atletico de Madrid, who is our partner and the owner of Atletico Ottawa. And, you know, seeing that they have a 120 year history and we're about to kick our kick a ball for our fifth season, uh, two of which were under the cloud of COVID. And I'm a, I was a little jealous about the, uh, the, the history they have, but the beauty is all the opportunities in front of us. And we are, we are a league of opportunity here. Oh, absolutely. My my club in Scotland, it's a small club, East Fife, they're actually celebrating their 120th anniversary this year as well. So seems to yeah. be the nice round number for, for teams. Right. I mean, I was going to come to this a little bit later, but we touched on it now, so we'll, we'll mention it. Now, League One, I, I, I do a lot of the commentary out here for League One BC, and it's a league I'm very excited about. And you look at the possibilities, and now that we've got a BC derby in the CPL, mm-hmm. Obviously, Edmonton have, have sadly folded for now, but when you're looking at, at these expansions, is it kind of looking for the, the provinces that maybe don't have a team? Or how much will creating a local rivalry, like getting another Alberta derby or getting a Prairie derby, p- play into your decisions as to where you want these teams to be? Yeah, you know, there's there, there's economic decisions, right? You know, the, the the larger population centers make a lot of sense because we need to sell tickets and we need uh, you know, to provide value for our broadcast partners. But um, you, you, we need certain conditions for us to be successful, and that starts with a great ownership group. Uh, have to have a facility to play in um, that gives us the opportunity to benefit from the economics of that facility, as well as scheduling that facility. You want to have a community that is the municipality is excited about us. The corporate community is excited about us. You know, you've got a supporters group who is, you know, wants to get behind and make this their local, their local club. So when those conditions come, come together, we're going to expand to those, those markets. Um, there's places like uh, we're, we're not in the province of Quebec right now. We yeah. need to be, we need to be in the province of Quebec and we're working on that. If you look at a city like London, you know, the, you think about the big population centers of Canada. London has, in any given year, I don't know, 13 uh, teams in uh, either the pr- Premier League or the Championship. And so the greater Toronto area, I think, can support more more clubs. Uh, we're doing that in Vancouver and D.C., where we've got you know, one, you know, the, the Langley and, and Langford. Um and you could probably do that in Quebec, and then we'll fill in the gaps. Um, we'd like to be back in Edmonton. Great yeah. market. We just didn't have the right conditions to be successful there. Uh, but we think um, we think we'll be back in Edmonton as well. Yeah, and I, I know there's exciting things happening in Alberta with, with League One as well, and Clark Stadium's got a new tenant now in an academy. I I love what they're doing out there, BTB. So hopefully. Yeah, we can get that Alberta and the El Clasico back in some form. Mm-hmm. Looking at some of the changes that's been made for this season. So there's a new playoff format. Now, I'll be honest, when I first saw it, I wasn't sure about it. Like I watched some curling, so I understand the page system. Mm-hmm. But the more I've looked at it and the more I've talked to people about it, I, I'm quite excited by it. Because it isn't just a case now that you can have a great season and be one and done if you're one of the top two teams, so you've got that second chance. Right. What was behind the thinking of, of having this particular format? Well, we're, we're a young league and we want to create, um, we want to experiment, we want to create excitement around our league. Um, and 
you know, you're, you're being a, a Scottish football fan, you understand the importance of a regular season. And last year we instituted a trophy, if you will, for our regular season champion. Really important. You know, the team that is the best team over the grind of an entire season needs to be rewarded. But we also are in North America and playoffs are part of what uh, what professional sports do here. And so we want to be able to have that system in place as well. The beauty of it, they're not mutually exclusive. There's two trophies that are really meaningful. And they're really meaningful because each one of those trophies qualifies you for the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah. And what we wanted to do is we, we didn't want to lose steam after our regular season. We wanted our regular season to have meaning because sometimes in, in a lot of the other North American leagues, you see teams tanking, you see teams resting players and those sort of things. And so our playoff format really rewards excellence during the regular season with benefits in the postseason. We also wanted to reward our top four finishers to make sure each one of them had a home game, playoff game for their fans. And every single game now in the playoffs is a final. It's one and done. You win, you move on, you lose, you go home. Uh, so there's that drama in every single game. If you if you miss a game, you're gonna you you you, you, you missed it. It also allows us uh, as a league, as well as whoever is hosting the final, two weeks to prepare for that. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of things we like about this format. I don't think you're ever going to find a perfect playoff format, but we're really excited about this because it, it, it's a balance of rewarding excellence of the regular season, making sure that the best teams have home games, providing a, a chance for us to plan for a, an exciting final. Um, and uh, we're looking forward to it. And if, if it doesn't work, we'll change it. But we, we, we think this is going to work and be really popular. Yeah, I think it will too. And I mean, it won't have taken you long in your your new role to know that you can never please everyone in Canadian soccer. You're always going to have some folk that like sure. stuff and some folk that don't as with most things. But yeah. those two qualification spots for the Champions League are obviously massive for the league, for the clubs yeah. that's going to be involved. It's a competition I love and it just yeah. needs to grow that little bit, which this new format will. But yeah. This is obviously a chance to put the Canadian Premier League on the map, to have more eyes on it, possibly attract better talent as well from overseas that want to come and make the CPL a destination league of choice. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about it that uh, it's a measuring stick, stick for our young league. And um, our goal is to have three slots, actually, because the winner yeah. of the Canadian Championships also qualifies for the uh you know for that event and we want to have three of our clubs in there which would be an unbelievable result for us um but it is it's a measuring stick because um you know, not only does it pit us against the most storied clubs in the re region but it's it, it's something to aspire for for each one of the clubs um and when we do well in that event um it's going to wake some people up and say, hey, you know, we didn't know about the Canadian Premier League. We didn't know about Forge or Athletico Ottawa mm -hmm. before. Um, and now that, um, you know, we're in that bigger fishbowl, if you will, we're going to get that recognition as well as, you know, I, I think in some cases, probably a wake up call. And yeah. say, OK, this is where we got it. This is what we have to do to be competitive. And our goal is to be one of the top leagues in CONCACAF. Con and this is going to be our measuring stick.
I mean, I, I'm heavily involved with TSS Rovers, so I'm hoping the CPL doesn't get that third spot this year and that TSS get that spot. But yeah, going forward, I mean, it's huge. And like, if we're looking at attracting players to the league, Canadians, like experienced Canadians, international players, the, the player compensation was obviously increased for this year. The salary budget's increased as well. How much of having something like MLS Next Pro did that play into it? Because a, a few guys, not a lot, but a few have chosen to go the MLS Next Pro route as opposed to staying in the CPL or coming to the CPL. Do you see that as one of your biggest challenges for getting players like that competition between these two leagues? Um, not necessarily. Every pro, every every player has got their own path. Um, some players are going to go play college in the u.s or go to u sports some players develop early and then they 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 fizzle out some players develop late and 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 and, you know you you look at joel waterman right he came through u sports to cpl and then you know he makes his way onto the canadian national team um so we we just have to do a great job of creating opportunities at our clubs and within our league and we're not going to be lacking for 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 talent they the overage rule in the league for international players, my understanding is the clubs are allowed three over the age of 23. Mm-hmm. They've been like here in Vancouver, for example, there was oh. murmurs. Camilo maybe wanted to come back to, to BC, but obviously Vancouver FC don't have that ability to fit someone like that in. Would If there was more interest, especially with the clubs being in the Champions League, to from international players is that something you would look at increasing the maximum number of overage internationals you can have or do you really want to just focus on the canadian aspect it's a it's a balance it's a mm. delicate delicate balance part of why we were created was to help the canadian national team do better so if we aren't giving canadian players not just players referees administrators media people opportunity to to grow into this sport we're not doing you know we're not following our mandate uh but we also have to uh create a great product on the field that people want to pay for we have to create a, a product on the field that players aspire to being part of we got a pretty part of a product on the field that's competitive not just within our 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 country but outside when we get into the champions league uh, you may have noticed that this week we made an announcement about um, uh, a hire to the head of football in Costa, yeah. uh, Smear Notice. And, uh, you know, he's got an incredible track record of everything from club club building in the youth ranks to club building within CPL. And, um, you know, he's going to help us uh, navigate those those waters because nobody has done it. Uh, more successfully than 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 he he has done it. Um, yeah. He's a proven winner. He's a builder of things, and uh, I'm excited to have him on on my team and our team because uh, he's going to help us figure out in a way that uh, that creates and strikes that right balance. Two last things to ask you. So, one of the the big things this year, there's been more sponsors coming into the league. It's nice to have every team with a, an individual sponsor this year, as opposed to to share jerseys. And the league's going to continue to grow. Part of that is you want to get more bums and seats. You want to get bigger crowds there as well. Mm-hmm. Now, the one soccer deal, it's a fantastic deal for the league, having that investment, but it maybe doesn't get the casual eyes on it. In year one, there was that tie-up with CBC to have a game of the week. Is that something you'd like to see the league have again, to get on 
one of the national TV channels to get the product out there to more eyeballs. Yeah, the, the, watch this space. The, the, the challenge with One Soccer, they're so incredibly dedicated to the sport. They've got yeah. great voices. They care deeply. The challenge has been getting distribution on the two major cable systems between Rogers and Shaw. Yeah, I'm on Telus, which is lucky. So. Right, uh, <laughs> Telus, who is not only carries One Soccer, but also became a sponsor of, yeah. of, of, of us uh, recently. So we're big fans of Telus and uh, encourage everybody to support them. Um but you may have seen that um, uh, we, we, along with uh, One Soccer and, and MediaPro, um, uh, filed an undue preference claim yeah. against Rogers and the uh, CRTC, the, the regular, regulator, um, ruled in our favor. And um, those discussions are ongoing right now. And we are very bullish about um, increasing the carriage of one soccer so that more people can watch Canadian soccer. And it's not just CPL, it's your national teams and as well as down to down to League One. And that ruling is going to be really important to the growth of soccer. Uh, so I, I say watch watch this space. Fantastic. And just the last thing, we've talked about expansion and everything that you hope to have. And I think everyone hopes for a Division 2 promotion relegation, more League 1s around it. When the league started, there was talk about the the women's game, and obviously that's been in the spotlight a lot. With this Project 8 group starting, is the CPL still looking at launching a women's league? Are you open to working with Project 8, or yeah. are you happy to hand that over to them now? All opportunities are on the table. Um, we're, 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 we're interested in anything that grows soccer in Canada and create sustainable business models. Uh, we, we know how hard it is to grow a league. And I think uh, Diana is looking at that right now and saying, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. We've, we've had discussions and uh, those discussions are, are, are ongoing. Um, I think Canada you know, should have a women's professional league. We are doing what we can within, within league one. You probably know, knowing how much you know about league one is that, we hosted the first women's inter-provincial inter yeah. uh, championship, and as League One expands, we'll continue to build that uh, that that pyramid. And uh, those these discussions are going to be be on, on, ongoing. I'm a huge uh, fan and supporter of the women's game, um, and um, again, this is something that is is evolving in real time. That's great. Thank you so much for your time today, Mark. It's been Thank a pleasure you. chatting to you and good luck for this season. I hope everything goes wonderful. Thank you. I hope to see you at the uh, Vancouver opener on, on May 7th. I'm commentating on League One that day. I can't go. Uh, it's it's oh a horrible God. clash and it's like really annoyed me. <laughs> So some great stuff there from Mark Noonan. Also want to give a big shout out to Laura Armstrong for helping set that up. Laura was so busy on Friday. She was oh, on, yeah. on all the, the pre-game calls. The Vancouver was... FC call started a little bit late because, because... I was still <laughs> chatting to Mark Noonan. So she was waiting for me to finish that. So I genuinely really appreciate Laura for was, setting that was... up and doing that. 
And I thought she did a great, like, did a great job. I enjoyed. That was a yeah. great uh, time with uh, Afshin and uh, and Callum. Yeah, like, which, which you put out, a fantastic you, job with it. With you put that out as a that was an extra podcast. Yeah, right? so we put the, yeah. the pregame audio out for that, and also the James Merriman and Josh Head yes. yes. press conference in the morning. And as cool. I mentioned in the extra podcast, we get access to all these pre and post game CPL podcasts that, that don't appear anywhere which I yeah. feel is a waste that genuinely do. So if people would like to hear more of that, let us know and we'll, we'll stick them in the, the extra podcasts. And if there's anything really juicy comes up, we'll put them in our, our main podcast as well. But yeah, I just wanted to, for the rest of this part, just go over a couple of the things that Mark mm-hmm. Newman talked about there. And we, we talked about expansion. And he's talked about this in a few interviews o- over the weekend. But... What he said to me there was he wants to see 12 teams playing by 2026. And ideally, in the next decade, double the number of teams in the league to, to 16. Yep. Get into Quebec for sure. And, I mean, he talked for expansion about looking at a number of factors. Some of it is population. Because, yeah, it might be great to say, oh, I, I would love a team, for example, in PEI. But would yeah. that generate the kind of support that, that would be needed? Is the population there to make it sustainable? Is the local talent there to make it sustainable? Obviously, you've got things like League One Atlantic that might be starting that's going to help with that, help mm-hmm. Halifax. I mean, ideally for me, every province would have a, have a team. Yeah. But that might obviously not be the feasible thing. So, I mean, he's saying the conditions are like population, the corporate infrastructure to support it and obviously put yeah. money into it. He talked about having a passionate supporters group as a key to driving, getting teams to come to certain markets. And we've seen that all over Canada. There's a lot of yeah. cities and municipalities that have active supporters groups that are trying to bring a CPL team there. Yeah. But he also talked about infrastructure. He doesn't ideally want to see shared stadiums. Yeah. Soccer-specific stadiums or stadiums where the club has the first say in what goes on is what they're looking for. And that, that's what you want to hear from the commissioner for, for taking this league now to the next level. Oh, totally. I, I, I like the, the plan in terms of um, filling out the league. Yeah, like we've said before, I think, I think I've said before on the podcast, I think 16 is probably the maximum you want in a first, the, your first division. Yeah. In a in a country with where we're at in terms of football development, I think that's like the max. I would say less than less than twelve wouldn't be ideal. You know, o- o- like overall, obviously we're growing, so we're not there yet. We're not even at twelve yet. Um, but sixteen, I think, would be be great. Like I think is it Portugal has sixteen. You know, there's like countries like that where they're geographically smaller and mm-hmm. but they're way ahead of us in terms of football. You know, football development. Um, well, yeah, like I I think the English Premier is too big. Oh yeah, totally. But you're never going to have that smaller because well, the but they clubs did, they, don't want. Well, they looked at they, it, and then they've also you know, looked at like closed shop with well, like no promotion was, and stuff. Well, but, wasn't there? There was a year or two where they had 22, and then they went back to 20, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. But I think we're we're not going less than 20 there. Yeah, and see, I think you should have no more than 18. I think 18 is the ideal number in terms of also like games played and. Yeah, com- competitive-wise and all that kind of stuff. But Well, he also said yeah. ideally what he'd like when they get to the, like, C-16 is an Eastern Conference and a Western Conference and have it a little bit more regional. That, I, I'm not I, as no. excited 
buy. No, no. As, lo- as long as there was at least a couple of like crossover matches and stuff. But that's his, uh, I think, MLS roots coming through a little bit too, a little bit too much. Because I think, I think one of the disadvantages for the league, especially, or, or it's something that obviously, obviously comes from the size that it is now. Well, yeah. This is a four games per against each team, which is yeah. not good. I think you get the no. 16, it's like we we've had every this team in for years, yeah. and it's horrible because it's yeah. just it's like oh another game against whoever and yeah exactly you need like getting to the 16 means you have home and away against everyone you can even do like the real proper way where it's like the teams you play in order you play them in the exact same order the the second half of the season but if you play them home then you play them away you know like make it a proper i I, I think he's more thinking about it though for terms of like rivalries getting support in, but also travel costs because it is well here's the thing prohibitive really I think, though, hopefully as you grow, as things grow, hopefully the well, one, you're playing, if they do grow regionally the way they want to, then you, you're cutting down on some of that travel cost anyways. Um, uh, so, like, for example, right, instead of, like, Pacific having to fly twice to, to Halifax, they're going to fly there once, right? So, you're when you as you raise the teams, you know, whatever... Um, now, if, if they do have a team in every province, and you're still having, okay, you're flying to New, you know, Newfoundland once and and PEI once and whatever. But I, I, in principle, I do like that idea of wanting to have long term, again, long term, massive picture, uh, having clubs in in every province. I think is key, especially as you're well, building. To be fair, he didn't say every province. That's me that's putting that forward. Oh, okay. that, that's Sorry. that's my that's my hope sure. no, he, he's I, but, wanting big markets like he's talked about he feels the the gta can support more clubs see that's He'd also like two clubs in quebec yeah well i think there should be two clubs in quebec easy montreal and quebec city or mm-hmm. even if you want one of those plus 12 riviera whatever but obviously quebec city and montreal are the the bigger populations the gta is a weird thing though michael and it, and and you've seen it with the inability to get um sorry to make york united more meaningful and relevant and engaged because like again i grew up i grew up there but i'm not like embedded i was at that point in my life i wasn't embedded in the football community (laughs) right i wasn't connected to it in this in in the same way i didn't play in a club growing up or anything like that but um the the thing with it there is there's so many people in that area who are into football but you're they haven't been able to engage them in in the CPL in the yeah. CPL, and then on top of that, you have this issue, which I think there's been many articles about. I don't know if this is factual or official or whatever, but you, they're trying to move York United to the, a new stadium that will be at uh, the racing grounds, uh, kind of by the airport. I forget what it's called right now. Because um, they're not far from the the airport as they are. Uh, at the university because I, I had a look because the white cats might be going there in may and i might have a little yeah, trip so. yeah but they're not no but they're, it's this is further south oh like, right it, um, it, it's way more like yeah it's a way different community completely mm. they're moving to they would be oh, moving to, right. a, a, to- a totally different community well it's and, like because mark like when mark was talking about the gta because he'd said if you look at a place like london and i thought this is how long i've been living in canada now i thought he meant london ontario but he meant london england and about how well, many yeah, clubs how it is in a in a yeah. small area, but, well, but obviously that, that, they've got years and years of culture and decades and centuries that, of culture in the team. That's the thing. You, I mean, you're talking about Ontario. You need a team in Kitchener Waterloo, and there is there. You talk about longtime supporters. There is longtime supporters there who uh, have been 
trying to get a club to come there, right? They just haven't yes. had the money. They haven't had the money person yet. But they were always seen... good in the USL PDL. I, I remember yeah. seeing KW United playing yeah. down at Starfire in a yeah. Final Four, and they won it. The other one is, and I know there's been issues or whatever, uh, and I can't remember them all, but uh, or I can't remember the one specific issue, but uh, you know what they've been doing in Peterborough, right? Has been yeah. Been in, there's been encouraging signs there, you, and then you talk about smaller communities. You think of Slamos, Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay, Thunder Bay, Chill, right? Um, I mean, that's really close to close. all the other things. <laughs> but no, so anyways, there's uh, lots so of what I think of like Vaughan Azuri is like you look at Vaughan and what infrastructure that, there and Oakville but, and like I think of the big League One clubs. But that's but that's the thing though, right? Like Vaughan is in York region, mm. where your York. Do they draw more? I've never looked at this, but do they draw more fans? I wonder than York. I, I doubt it, but I'm not sure. Mm, that's something for me. Maybe to maybe, maybe their Voyagers Cup matches are, are comparable, but what I want to say about the GTA though, oh, yeah. it is it is a uh, you have to do something in the like I think you have to do something in the right way, and I think uh, York Nine slash York United has failed to do that. I don't say that as a to to be harsh or critical or pile on. It's a place I I I grew up in my middle school and high school years. Uh, my sister still lives there. My parents have moved a little bit south, but my sister still lives there. I love I love the community. Uh I just wish that there was I wish that I wish that there could be a, a I wish that they could try more ways to engage in a deeper way. So going into the GTA and other places, you have to be very strategic and you have to be a little bit more more dialed in, right? Um, and you have to maybe choose one of the communities uh, to to where you're going to say this, like the, the opposite of what York 9, York United is, the opposite of what Vancouver FC is, and say we are this suburb or we are this part of Toronto. This is our identity. We're drawing from this number of hundreds of thousands of people. And we are, I think that they need to do that. I think that, and it's again, not even just the opposite of what Vancouver FC has done. It's the opposite of what essentially every other club has done in the CPL saying, we're this big area. And you got to say, well, no, we're in this large population area and we're this small, the smaller community, which is still hundreds of thousands of people. And I think yeah. it will be interesting to see the best place to do that would be Toronto would be number one would be Toronto because you, you, the population centers are, are diverse. There's enough of them. Um, I mean, and then if you want to be, if you want to be, I mean, there could be tie-ins, right? Because there is a Ajax is there, right? <laughs> if you, if you want, yeah. If you wanna... that, well, that's the thing. Like you've started it with Atletico. It's totally. Yeah. So if you if you want to have a tie-in, you could you could try there. Although I don't think Ajax would be looking for a tie tie to a community called Ajax. Probably not. But anyway, but, but anyway, so but there's it, ways. But to, it all goes into like the infrastructure, though, as well, because there's no yes. point. Like you have to have a stadium or a city that's willing to put a stadium up. Yeah. And that, as we know, is not the easiest thing to to get done in the modern world, because folk feel there's better things to get spend their money on. But I mean, expansion. Everyone wants to see it now. There was a few things I didn't get a chance to ask him because we we had a hard fifteen minutes. Because we were going on to this other call. Yes, I went to 18. But there was a few other things I wanted to ask. I didn't get a chance to ask about the Kelowna rumours. But from everything that I've been told, Kelowna should be coming into the league next year. Or the year after. But next year was yeah. a thing that they were targeting. I need, um, I, need to, I need to do some follow-up. Because there is, in the long-term plans, there is an, another lower mainland-based team that they've had 
their had a, ideals for. Yeah, that was EF, I, EFT and FC, and I'll update after recording. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't done a check in on that one in a while, and I probably should. Well, I mean, there could be some more BC teams in the CPL because we talked about something which excites me, and it's CPL Division Two, and mm. what the league's plan. I don't know how soon, but what they would love is to take the best League One teams from across Canada and get them to make the jump to a CPL Division 2 and then mm -hmm. ultimately have promotion and relegation. Yeah. Now, after I finished speaking to him, I sent a message to Colin and Willie at TSS going, oh, get ready for the, for the CPL. And Willie's like, I'll just leave my car keys on the beach, leave my car to my wife. I'm just walking in the water now. <laughs> So I I agree I I agree with you in terms of long term vision. Like the, again, the one thing I like about what the CPL did from the start was say we would like to have pro rel when we're ready for it. Like the, the, it's never been like oh maybe we'll see or you know MLS is always putting out these clickbait articles mm -hmm. about oh one you know in twenty years maybe we'll do that. No, they said from the beginning we want to do that, but in the right timing. Um, it'll be it'll be great to see how and when we're ready for that. My concern would be you talk about you talk about the C, the top of the pyramid, the CPL, having issues around travel and whatever. And you know, uh, you and I have had um, interesting conversations about the challenges of a non-CPL or MLS side hosting a Voyager's <laughs> Cup match. Yes, which we may um, touch on in the last part as well, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, you can. I can only imagine what you know the increased operating budget that would be required. To go from a League One Ontario, BC, Prairie, whatever, into uh, CPL two, right? I, I so, think they would make that regional, though. I think you'd have to. Yeah. Oh, that and that, and I'm, then I would be okay with that. But yeah, um, I, I'd be still, very, like, obviously, I'm increase. a big League League One guy. We support TSS Rovers and Altitude, and we do our, our commentary four teams last year. This year, TBC, um, at least two. We're still working on the other two. But, I mean, the, there's issues with that as well and the expansion. But, I mean, we're going to have Dino Rossi on the show soon as well just to talk about League One. So we'll maybe talk about some more things there. But Mark Noonan said, it's a world of possibilities because we're just getting started. I think that's what we have to remember. The league, this is just the fifth season of it. And the league yeah. is just getting started. And the possibilities are massive for what this league could be if the right investment is there, if they do things right. And it, it's maybe not moved as quickly as some folk would want. Losing Edmonton's not been ideal, but it's a, a market they hope to get a team in again at, at some point. But they're doing everything, or they're doing most things right. I mean, there's still some things not ideal. Eyeballs on the, the league, for for example, and we, we won't go into the whole one soccer thing again, but we talked a little bit about it with Mark there, and he said, watch this space redistributing um, and getting more eyeballs on it on TV, because there's obviously the whole, they, they took Rogers and Shaw and, and, and things to court, and they seem to have won that battle for getting wider distribution of one soccer. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if folk are aware, but on Telus, you can actually get one soccer for five bucks a month. So it's actually cheaper than just subscribing to, to the app on one soccer. So if anyone's thinking about it, five bucks a month, it, it's nothing. I've got football just now. It runs out at the end of June. Then I'm just going to add 
back into my TELUS package one soccer that I just need to pay it for July, August, September, October. So 20 bucks and I'll get the the rest of the season. Yeah, I uh I had not great experience in the in the in the past with with TELUS, not for TV but for mobile. Mm. And now I also have a couple other reasons why I don't want to use TELUS. Wow. <laughs> Pacific and white caps, of course, yes. It makes me but you're, want but to, you're right. to have but you're right. more. But you're right about I'll get him as a sponsor for the show next. Oh my! <laughs> but I mean, what I'd asked him, but she didn't really give an answer to, aside from watch the space. So it might have been involved in watch the space as getting a deal like they had with CBC to get a game of the week on right. one of the big channels. So maybe they can strike a deal with Rogers so that a game of the week is on Sportsnet, and then Rogers let one soccer onto their their platform or something. Who yeah. knows? Um, last thing we asked him about, of course, was the Women's League. And he said, they're still interested in anything that grows the game in Canada and sustainable business models. And he did say, like Diana Matheson and her Project 8 group have found out a, a lot about sustainable business models and their, their thing to do this, but they're open to working with them. I think they are still open to have their own Women's League and... I mean, we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's all about growing the game in Canada and we do need more folk to work together and just pull in the same direction, which so far too long in Canada soccer, BC soccer in particular, there's so many folk you feel are pulling in different directions. This is such an exciting time for for the sport here and 2026 is just going to like make the, the game of football stratospheric in Canada and... You want everyone to be working together so that by the end of that World Cup, the country as a whole, national teams, local leagues, CPL, MLS teams, everything is in a better place. So I'm sure that's what we're all wanting. That is it for our CPL chat. We are going to turn our attentions now to the Whitecaps, MLS, and a good run continues for the Whitecaps, even if the goals aren't maybe coming. But we'll be back chatting about that after this. Hi, I'm Martin Nash, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Words are in my head, but I can't enunciate them clearly. Headphones on your head, they prevent a chance to even try. Some might find me borderline attractive from afar But afar is not where I can stay and there you are Though I want you
Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's a, another song by our Artist of the Month, Sparks, but this is a collaborative effort. An American Scottish supergroup, if you will. FFS, which stands for Franz Ferdinand Sparks. They'd released their one and only album in 2015, A Self-Titled Affair. And this was the first single released from that album. It was written by Ron and Russell Mayo from Sparks. Johnny Delusional is the song. And I think if we're talking about an American-Scottish supergroup in Whitecaps terms, hopefully that is what the Ryan Gold julian Gressel partnership can be for the Whitecaps come the end of the season. I still think the Whitecaps can be top four in the West. Maybe that's just me being Johnny Delusional here. Um, I mean, the phrase FFS has certainly been used and uttered many times by Whitecaps fans over the MLS era. But right now, they're riding the crest of a wave. Maybe not a bomb, that's for all you surfers out there, but a, a good one nonetheless. Six games unbeaten now, three clean sheets in a row, 320 minutes without conceding a goal. They're 107 minutes away from the club's record shutout streak. That could be possible with the games coming up, Colorado at home next. This weekend's action, Whitecaps headed down to Texas. Difficult place to play. Nil-nil draw with Austin. Now, we're not going to go too much into the game. We're just going to do a quick round-up because it wasn't exactly a match to set the heather on fire. But it was a good road point and a tough place to play, albeit against a team that's struggling a little bit just now. Both sides had the chances. Neither dominated, neither really looked the most likely to snatch the win. Brad Stuver had a couple of good saves to deny the Whitecaps, including a great one to keep Brian White off. But overall, Zach, fairly decent performance. A, a point, seven from nine, not bad, really, for, from this three-game stretch. Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, yeah, great. It's always great when you get a point or points on the road in MLS. So you can't take anything away from that. I think if there's a, a couple of uh, concerns from the from the game is uh, also maybe I just highlight three things. One is they were they're playing again. It's like three games in a row where they're playing teams that are in really poor form. <laughs> um, this team was better than some of their previous opponents, obviously, but um, still they're not who they used to be, even with Treusi. Um, you yeah. know, back he's looking at a shadow of himself this season so far. Number two. Uh, even though they didn't concede any goals um, and they overall improved, there was still that that uh, in the 11th minute that that um, the chance that the header that hit the post that yeah, shouldn't have... where they kind of got in their own way. Otherwise, yeah. the Austin guys. Otherwise, that would have been one now. And again, it was again questionable marking from the second phase of a, of a of a corner kick. So I think they've done better on those for sure. But still, I think if you're the coaching staff, you'll be looking at it saying, hey, we, we still need to tighten that up. We still need to make make sure our players are making the right choices, as Venny would say, or, or marking the right space or whatever it is they're doing. Um, the third thing, um, and this is both a, maybe a negative and a, and a positive, um, but I think it was, it was Betcher who had that one chance where he tried to chip the keeper yeah, or lob the keeper. he was in. 
He was in alone. He needed to score that. Yeah. Now, having said all that, I think Vancouver uh, was the better team. Like I think they they were the more likely team to win. They created the better chances. Uh, like you said, I think uh, Gressel is in great form. Oh, he uh, he and- is. Like he had that spell where he had three chances and a like a two minute spell, and you're like, oh, they are going to struggle to keep hold of him. I mean, he, um, he yeah. is going to command a big contract at the end of this year, and if they don't want to pay it, they'll get a good a good deal by moving yeah. him on. He He's the kind of player, even when he takes a shot that misses the net, you're like, you know, you're on the edge of your seat because you think it's going to bounce, you know, that yeah, one he to the that, ground, and you're like, oh, that's going to go. Yeah, in. the free kick he took as well. What I'd yes. love to know how much power he got in that and what speed or, that was going at. Or, or even that, the, I think it was his first chance where uh, Gold lays it off to him and he just tries to decide the first time it. Yeah. It's not, the placement is not great, but you're like, you have a feeling this could go in. Like, you feel like full every- of confidence. And totally. I asked him that before totally. the, the LAFC game. I said, you can tell watching it, you that you're just flowing with confidence right now. And as much as I still think he should be playing as a right back or right wing back, I think Vanny's getting lots out of him at, at the eight. Is, is it the best for the team? Well, they're getting points, so you can't argue with that. Um, Long term, I still think it's probably not the best decision for them on the whole, but um, it's working for them. So, you know. Someone actually asked Afshin after the game on Saturday, is Caden Chung Vancouver's Julian Gressel? A right back, right wing back that's playing an eight. Well, yeah. Well, he was at the altitude game where he did a lot of that. Uh, yes, I was, not, I was yes. at the game, and I don't know if it was you or other people were telling me that he kept on yeah. taking the side like an eight. Um, I think Caden. I had a good conversation with him on Thursday night. Caden um, Chung is uh, a vital part of Vancouver FC, both defending and going forward. I think you saw that. I think you saw that in the, in the game. You've seen that in the preseason. Uh, you see that by just looking at the roster. <laughs> like he has the ability, and he—it's uh, exciting, exciting time in his life. And mm. I'm excited that he's a part of the team and a part of the experience. One of the experience. Yeah, we need squad. to get him on the show again. Actually, I haven't spoken yeah. to Caden for ages. But and back, back to Whitecaps. And like, yeah, Julian Gressel. But for as good as Julian Gressel has been, and this is my big worry. Oh yeah, Ryan Gold, Gold is yeah. just off his game right now. I mean, he had a decent enough game against Portland, which I think Vanny, after the game last week, said that he felt it was his best game of the season. I disagree. I think the, the first home game of the season mm-hmm. was his best game of the season. I don't know what it is. And he has talked about before he found the Texas teams some of the hardest places to visit because yeah. just of the, the weather and everything. And yeah. our the Scottish community. bodies aren't used to, to this. But yeah. just in general... I don't know what it is. He just is not looking himself. Now, maybe he finds his form when we really need it summer onwards. That's great. But I don't know what it is just now that's got him off his game. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um, I, I've seen lots of people talking about that, about that as well in different places. But um, think about it. I think the, uh, the upside for if you're a Whitecaps fan, the upside is that you uh, you're getting points and you're on this run and he's not at his best so i think that that's kind of the glass half full way to look mm. at it so hopefully he finds form hopefully he gets over whatever is holding him back or or whatever and when and he can hit form and then you can be even better so a game like today you take all three points if he's maybe in top top form yeah yeah now, yeah i mean if the white caps can keep winning at home and just mm-hmm. pick up these points, these draws on the road, it's going to have them comfortably in the playoffs come the end of the season. 
I, I don't think that there's any question on that. They've got a bye week now to regroup, kind of recuperate, work on the things that they need to work on defensively, get that kind of chemistry going a little bit in the attack. Because we'd been singing the praises of how well Gressel and Schopf had kind of linked up and then Schopf got that injury and now Gressel's trying to, I guess, get that with Ali Ahmed. There'd been a lot of hype about Ali and Simon, obviously, after that standout performance as well, but they've maybe just regressed to the mean, if you want to use that as a phrase, but they're getting their chances. They're still playing very well. So a lot of still positives and exciting things to think about. I think this week off is going to be good for them. It's been a busy schedule. That was their fifth game in 15 days. We'll touch on the, the Champions League exit. I mean, LAFC, I felt on Tuesday night, they didn't really had to have to get out of first gear all that much. It kind of felt that they just did the job. I do wonder, and it probably wouldn't have made too much of a difference, but that chance Diber Caicedo had four minutes in, he buries that to pull that goal back. What goes through LAFC's mind at that point, considering what happened in the previous round with Alouenzi? Um, it may not have made any difference, but you'd have asked the question. And then it's how both teams approached it after that. But once Vela scored that penalty, I mean, that that was game over. I, I was on the post-game show on the radio, and I, I think me and Colin Miller disagreed on this, because Colin was shaking his head, as I said, when I, after I said what I, I had said. I was surprised that there wasn't more young guys on the bench for that game on Tuesday, because if it had got to half time and you thought, well, we're four goals down now, the game's out of sight, or five goals, I think it might even have been, I can't even remember what it was at half time. Mm-hmm. Bring the young guys on and give them that opportunity to play, and who cares if the score gets out of hand a little bit by that point, you're out anyway. I think it would have been a good experience for someone like Cam Habibula, who's lighting yeah. it up in WFC2, got another goal today, third goal of the season for him reward a guy like Antoine Coupland or Gloria Amanda for how well they've done. Even like play, like Matea Capania was on the, the bench, like have him or Yao or someone come on just to get those minutes under their belt. A, a, a number of people I saw specifically talking about Yao and being like, yeah, how's he not getting into a game like this? Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that maybe it would expose him like when it comes to pace or whatever, but Maybe. I mean, I, I guess at some points as well, if Ellie turned the, the screw, then it could have been really bad. When I saw the starting lineups and I saw Ellie's lineup, I feared the worst. So, I mean, another 3-0 defeat wasn't the worst it could have been. We've seen a lot worse down there. I mean, you saw how they picked apart Ellie Galaxy at times today, which we'll come to in a sec. Yeah. I mean, they're such a good team. It was just a shame, really, for the Whitecaps that they... They got them in the draw, really. It would have been nice to have that Mexican team. But, I mean, it's whet their appetite. They want to be in this competition. I want them to be in this competition. So, fingers crossed, we will see it again next year. And I don't think it's had too detrimental an effect on their season either, as we've seen with other Champions League teams in the past. I th- on the whole, yes. I think we need to see how, how things go and how big some of the drop points were in that period, even though the, the in general, they've been on a pretty, a pretty positive run, especially these last few games. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. 
closer to the end of the year how how significant things are the, this this played significant role this played. The point of the weekend, Whitecaps still in eighth in the West, sitting in the playoff places. We'll do a quick MLS Western roundup now. I'm not going to delve into a lot of the games in depth. There's a couple I do want to, and a couple will just kind of give you the main talking points. And I want to start, we're not going to go in the order they were played like we usually do, because I want to start with the Cascadian Derby, because it was Derby week. That's why we played Austin. Austin, yeah, of course. I thought, oh, we've played Austin. Real. Because Dallas are going to be playing Houston. But Dallas yeah. weren't playing Houston. Yeah, it was kind of weird. And yeah, it was just weird in general. I'm not quite sure what was going on. But second Cascadia Derby of the season and a very much different looking Portland side to <laughs> the one that we saw last week. Although they they just waited until the latest possible minute, 20 minutes of the game to go before finding their spark. It was goalless at the half. Yeah. Pretty dull game, really, to, to be honest. Certainly came on fire in the, in the second. Now, Portland's woeful defending came to the fore again in the 58th minute. They left Raul Rui Diaz wide open to finish off a cutback with aplomb. And I mean, Zach, who wouldn't want a player like Rui Diaz on the team? I couldn't have said it better myself, Michael. I thought I would just say before you said it. Timbers, though, tied it up very much against the run of play in the 71st minute. A stunning died yeah. on a spree, a bicycle kick. <laughs> and then that brought the Timbers army really to life. Now, they've been loud during the game, but the yeah. roof almost came off. It just took them to another level. I, it took the Timbers on the pitch to another level. I saw, the, I saw the, this highlight uh, put out by Abe. A, a well-known uh, member of the yeah. Timbers Army who who's relocated to Norway. Uh, he's a you know a, a oh, cider. I knew he was in Washington for a while. No, 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 he's in Norway. He's living in Norway now. Anyways, he shared, I saw I saw I knew the score, but I hadn't seen any of the goals until I saw Abe post the bicycle kick, and I was like, oh man. Yeah, uh, it was it was what they needed, I think, I, to possibly well, ignite their season. And I originally saw the score because there was this whole thing about. Uh, Portland tweeting out or whatever about how you know they crush their rivals or whatever. Talking about the Seattle is their rival, but using like the plural form because of the sentence structure, and then Whitecaps fans being, but we just beat them. <laughs> <Or whatever. laughs> yeah, and they'd be like, "Sorry, who are you guys?" <laughs> exactly. There was a little bit of that. Yeah, I can imagine. So five minutes later, it's two one. Timbers mm. have the lead. Nathan Fogacha. Like, like his bread. A nice solo goal. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> nice solo goal. Little touch to make space. Runs in on goal. Boom. Five minutes after that, it's 3-1. Nizgoda with his first goal in 259 days. The commentator let us know. Then the 89th, another belter of a goal. Mascara, a rocket from the edge of the box and a quick counter. After Freddie Montero threw himself down the box, looking for a penalty that was not given. It was reviewed by VAR, but not given. Uh, what a last 20 minutes. Maybe, maybe he was just, he thought some of those pebbles in the in the turf were coffee beans or something. Maybe he just was getting a, a little taster for his, his next new blend, blend at the shop. Yeah. But I mean, that last 20 minutes, which I mean, thankfully was not anything that we saw from that BC Pace place the week before, Big result for the team probably has ignited their season. But I think for Gio Savarese as well, he badly needed that. And that has bought him time. 
How how many? I, I I didn't look at this. How many? What was the difference in terms of players? Like because they had some players come back, right? That didn't play. Yeah, that, a couple. That not not too many. I didn't see Just how couple, many it okay. was, but yeah, they're still well, they, they're still they, pretty beat up. They really they really got up for for playing the Flanders. So good yeah. for them. I, it was a very enjoyable game as well. I'd originally planned to just watch the start of it and then spend time with Caitlin and then watch the rest when she went to bed. Found myself watching the whole game. Um, the other big derby was on Sunday, the LA yeah. derby, the first one of the season since the first one was washed out. And it finished LA Galaxy 2, LAFC 3. Carlos Vela put LAFC up in the 22nd before Tyler Boyd equalised with another rocket from this weekend mm-hmm. in the 41st minute. He hit that. The, 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 he did. But the, the keeper, but the keeper gets, a hand, gets a hand to it. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I but know. I mean, it was going with some force. I, yeah, it was a powerful shot. You just felt a little bit like, okay. Maybe. That's how my finger looks like this. <laughs> From making a save? Yeah. But did yours go in, or did you make the save? Uh, well, th- this is more embarrassing. Oh, I was cool. trying to catch an American football oh. at a Scottish Claymore's event. Uh, well, no, sorry, I wasn't. I was playing a defensive play, so I was to try and tip it away before the guy caught it. And to, to my credit, I did, at the detriment of my finger that now looks like this. Hey, well, you caught it. Hey, the hey, catch was worth it. I made it, the no? play. That's right. So it was a save of sorts. <laughs> I, I saved a touchdown. Look at me talking about pigskin. Um, second half, Vela penalty, then Ryan Hollingshead. They scored two goals in two minutes, LAFC. Greg Vanny later described those two goals as two colossal mistakes. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Fanny's been on a lot of diatribes this season so far. A late one from Marco Delgado kind of made things interesting, but LAFC held on. Well, they held on, except for, was it Chicharito, who was in alone? Had the chance, the keeper made a, a, a quality save, but yeah. it was like, you need to score that. And a guy like Chicharito, yeah. you would think would. Well, that's the thing. At any level, you need to score. Like That needs that needs to be a... Yeah, like Simon Betcher in, in on goal. So he's in good company, at least. Yeah, there you go. Galaxy still winless. The pressure is mounting. Yeah. Talking of pressure mounting and winless. Oh, yeah. SKC. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I watched the highlights of this just before we recorded. 3-0 to San Jose over Kansas City, if anyone hasn't seen it. Kansas City still winless, rooted to the bottom. Peter Vermees, I I'm on their mailing list, so I was very interested to read what he said after the game. And he feels the signs are there that they're turning things around. They're just not getting the breaks. Do, do you think his new deal was just like the, so he gets a better severance package or something? It's or not severance, that, but a better like exit it's package? Looking that, I tell you, they're gonna, I, know, I, I think know, they must be regretting giving him that. I, I say that without trying to take anything away from all he's contributed to football in Kansas yeah, City. But I mean, now it's looking a horrible, horrible deal that they gave him. Yeah. Because they feel like they need some new blood in there. Christian Espinosa, fifth goal of the season for San Jose. He's in really good form. He opened the score in the ninth minute before two goals from Ibo BC either side of half time, put the game to bed. Now, the first of those was from the, the spot after Robert Castellanos got sent off. Now, Peter Vermees wasn't happy 
with a red card. He's not even sure it's a foul, he says. It was a foul. Yeah. I can see why it's a red card that's the last player, but it wasn't really denying a goal-scoring opportunity because, and this was the case Peter Vermees was making, he was goal-side of the player. So it's not that the player was bearing down on goal. And he still had a lot of work to do. Penalty, fair enough. A yellow card, I think, would merit. If that had gone against the Whitecaps, I would have been raging. But I don't think you can argue that it was a penalty. He basically horse-collars the guy at the deck. Yeah. It's a stupid challenge to make. The commentators felt it's because he didn't make a, a play on the ball. And again, yeah, I guess he didn't, really. He he just throws the guy at the deck. So, I mean, it's just stupid defending. But piles the pressure on Kansas City now. Totally. Last week, I said, oh, have the wheels come off the bus for St. Louis? Maybe not. <laughs> Previously in beaten FC Cincinnati go there and they get scuffed 5-1. And it was 5-0 by the, the 57th minute. And Klaus didn't even get a goal on this one. Yes. I didn't. I haven't seen the highlights of this. How many goals were like? How many were set up by, by the Cincinnati team? Only one, which was the own goal, as own a shot right. cannoned right. off the post okay. and then off the back of the keeper's head and into the net. Right. I always enjoy seeing those. Not yeah. when it's your team. But no. I always feel sorry for the keeper as well because it goes down as an own goal, but you know it's fucked up. Yeah, I didn't. See, I didn't see that one. I saw another goal. Oh, it was in the Bundesliga. I saw a goal like that. I think yeah, this weekend. I think it was where it took the shot off the post, off the back of the keeper's head, and. They, just, they don't know anything about that. Um, just rattle through the rest. The, uh, Charlotte 2, Colorado 2. Colorado weathered a clit storm in the early going. Took the, the lead through Max. Max Alves is his full name. He's Brazilian. He's known as Max. What happened to the good old names? Socrates, Ronaldinho. Yeah. Now you've got Fred and Max. It's, it's, it's different times. Give, give me a bobeto. Oh, any, any, day, any day, any day. He it loved. He loved, back. he loved Lothar Mateus so much. He named his kid Mateus. Really? Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember we scored that goal and they did the celebration at the '94 World Cup? Yeah. That was for his child Mateus, I believe. If you were to have a third child, what footballer would you name it after? Uh, well, I wouldn't. Well, actually, is <laughs> uh, I won't tell you the full story, but. Uh, if we were to have another child and would have been a boy, we would have called him. We would have called him. Actually, no. Now I don't want to tell you. You're gonna give me grief. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another time. Was it Adolf? No. <laughs> of course not. I don't know. Just to stop keeping the German heritage or something. No. Um. Where was I? Oh yeah, the clip. So the clip came storming back with two goals from Vargas and Josiak in a three-minute spell just past the hour mark before a stoppage time equaliser from Barrios shared the points. Four games unbeaten now for Colorado as they head to Vancouver in two weeks' time. Yeah. So maybe not going to be the walkover I was thinking it was going to be, but we'll see how they fare next week. Uh, Red Bulls won, Houston won, Dynamo took the lead in the 68th from Coco Carasquilla. Red Bulls tied it up in the 89th. Omi Fernandez headed home a corner. First road point of the season for Houston. Dallas 2, Salt Lake 1. Marco Farfan, 88th minute winner. Minnesota 1, Orlando 2. Minnesota took the lead. Orlando came back for the win. 
That was all the action from the Western teams. How that leaves the standings right now, LAFC are the only unbeaten team in Major League Soccer. And they do look the class act. Rightly so, yeah. And I just waiting. I had the standing loaded up, but for some reason it's now reloading. But I mean, LAFC and Seattle were looking so strong going into this weekend. I still think Seattle's a strong thing. And when you're playing a, a Cascadia Derby, obviously things like that happen. But St. Louis are back top of the West, 18 points from their eight games. LAFC 17 from 7 with their unbeaten record. Seattle 16 from 8. Dallas 14. San Jose 14. Minnesota 11. Houston 10. Vancouver 10. Portland 8. And then out of the playoffs just now, Austin, Colorado, Salt Lake. And LA and Kansas bottom. Winless. Three points apiece. I mean, it's still early. They're only five points back from the playoff line, but... It's not looking good for either of them. You've got to say they need to get a result pretty soon to try and, and just kickstart their season a little bit. Yeah. If we just quickly look at the the two other Canadian teams, Toronto did well, battle back for a 2-0 draw. Yeah, hosting Atlanta. Yeah, Montreal. Can't buy a break. Home yeah. opener at Stade Saputo. 1-0 defeat to DC United. And we touched on this in the last show, but that trade to get rid of Kamal Miller, you just wonder, what is happening there? What yeah. is that defence? Are the, uh, the the guys that they got for him, are they like of quality? Like, I don't, uh, like to be honest, I... I feel I, like I don't know them. I didn't know them either. <laughs> and I was like, oh. I mean, they, they got 1.3 in GAM and two players. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of maybe shows you the quality of the two players that they got. Yeah, that's what I mean. But so that one point, whatever, that's just for Joey, right? That's for Joey to offset costs or whatever, right? Like, I guess. Yeah. If you don't, if unless they use it in some other more meaningful way, ultimately yeah. it, it allows him to buy down, you know, use the funny money to buy down, you know, uh, tan players or, uh, or or make a bumper trade for someone. Yeah, but again, can you see that happening when they're so... Well, I bet they regret Kai Kamara moving on, but then it, it's like someone said to me this week, oh, who do you think's been the the, the biggest loss for them? And it's like, it's clearly Wilfred Nancy. It's like yeah. you look at all the players that's moved, but I think it's actually Nancy that's been the biggest loss for Montreal. I agree. I would have fancied his chances... Uh... At doing a uh, like a squad rebuild, then having switched coaches, nothing. I don't say that to, again as a harsh criticism of of the current guy because I don't think he's been given much to work with. No, but I think if Nancy had continued with the players he had and their uh, knowledge of him and appreciation of him and whatever, I think they they wouldn't be in as big a hole as they're in. I mean, it's not a bad team when you look at it. There's some great. There's some great elements there for yeah. sure. I mean, even the back three that they had yesterday. It was Herrera, who they made the trade for in the off-season with RSL. You had Camacho and you had Joe Waterman. So, yep. I mean, not bad, bad defence. And they did only give up one goal, but they're just struggling to put the ball in the net. And they were they were awful when they were here. I know they were down a man, but they were still absolutely pure sure and ball. dire. Yeah. But anyway, that is our MLS roundup. We've still got one more part to go, and we're going to be turning our attention to the Canadian Championship that gets underway this week 
and we'll be back chatting about that after this. Hi, I'm Philip Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Face with the smash of a bowling day. I'm going on about it in the morning to me. I'm losing in the end, and I've gone too far. Force 10 from Navarone is a shot by Dodd, cause we never ain't it. In the box of isolation. Jason, why does the darkness alone? Cross-sectioned, it's not a drink, and I don't fucking smoke. Jason, why does the darkness alone? Cross-sectioned, it's not a drink, and I don't fucking smoke. Mum can't reach, and then a pause, you look different, a large green blob, allergic to your own things, get married. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM. And kicking off this part, it's our former Artist of the Month at AFTN from England, Sleaford Mods. That's a song taken from their 2023 album UK Grim, Force 10 from Navarone. Uh, A song, their lyrics express a sense of frustration with the world and a feeling of being trapped in various forms of isolation. And it references the the movie Force 10 from from Navarone, which is about soldiers trying to destroy a a German bridge, sorry, Zach, during World War II, suggesting a sense of desperation and a need to smash through walls. It's all metaphors about life. And I've played that song for this part because I'm going to see them on Thursday. Looking forward to it at the Commodore, Sleaford Mods, should be an absolutely cracking gig. Still tickets available if you want to get along and see them. That concert coming after the Canadian Championship game that I'll be at the night before. And we're going to talk about the Canadian Championship in this part. Hopefully I'll be in a joyous celebratory mood. Having seen all three of the BC teams moving in to set up a Western Final Four that is all BC teams. That's my dream for how I want things to play out this week. The action in the Canadian Championship kicks off on Tuesday with a pair of games. Forge host PLSQ champs Laval and Montreal take on League One champions Von Azuri. Got a fancy Forge to get the, the job done against Laval. Forge are slow starters sometimes to their, their seasons, but Laval's season hasn't started yet. Forge did look fairly good in their game against Cavalry. I mean, I, I think it'd be a big shock if Laval went there uh, and came away with the win. But I could see the upset, Zach, in the other game. The, with the form and the state of Montreal, as we touched about in the last part, I really think Vaughan are in with a chance of pulling off the shock. Now, if it had been in Vaughan, even more so. So, I mean, obviously they are going into enemy, enemy territory there. Vaughan have also been a little bit dismantled after their powerhouse unbeaten League One season last year. 21 wins and three draws in the regular season. Was followed by a 2-1 win over Simcoe County Rovers in the semis and then a 5-1 hammering of Oakville Blue Devils in their League One Ontario final. Now, the team has lost its head coach, Patrice Geyser, to HFX Wanderers. 
Geyser also took the, the team's two top scorers with him, Massimo Ferran and Kose Nuafonso. But still got a good core, still got a strong squad. They've only had one game under the belt this season, which was a, a 2 0 draw last Wednesday with North Toronto Nitros. They were rested this weekend. I, th- I think they've got a chance, the way that Montreal is. But again, this could be the confidence-boosting game that kind of kick-starts things for, for Montreal. I would say if Montreal lose this, I do not see any way that the coach hangs on. Uh, yeah, that's a fair perspective, but you're right. It feels like they're ripe for a, a cup set. I mean, if, you, if like, you're Vaughn, you're, like, you're rubbing your hands oh, with this. Totally. Making history as the first League One side to to get through. Totally. I was hoping that was going to be TSS on the Wednesday, but if Vaughn can do it on the Tuesday, I'd be delighted for them. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. You, you, I mean, you made good points about Montreal earlier, though, that they do actually, for as horrible as their performance and results have been, they do have many quality players. Yeah. Uh, and so that that could, you know, see them uh, through in, the, in this opening round, but. Uh, it would be exciting. Uh, I think uh, there's not too many people on, uh, in this part of the country that would be sad to see Montreal lose a Voyager's Cup match. Um, and, um, yeah, uh, it, I'm really looking forward to the V's Cup, even though I think, yeah, it's all, all times when I'm working and stuff and I have yeah, to have a game those two while games I'm doing stuff. Four, and... four o'clock. They're both the same time, those two, 4 o'clock Pacific. Yeah. So, I mean, out of the two, I'm obviously going to be be watching that Montreal one because that's the one that's the, the most interest, I, I think. There's three games on the the Wednesday, including mm-hmm. the weirdness that there's a double header at York's ground because Halifax and Ottawa, having a rematch of their CPL game from the weekend... Neither team were able to host. They got drawn against each other, so they've had to play at a neutral venue. A two o'clock kickoff in the afternoon, which uh, that's going to be packed. I I can't remember if we spoke about this on a previous nope, show. Or I don't not, think we did. I don't think we did. Did you hear about what happened with the Halifax supporters and the the plane trip they had? No. Right, so they had booked a, a plane trip for the, the fans to, to go, special occasion, Porter's Airlines, a return trip. Porter cancelled the return flight and they weren't able to get another flight back, so they had to cancel that flight for the supporters. Wait, for which match? For the Halifax Ottawa match. Oh, like yesterday's game? No, on this oh, Wednesday. Okay. So oh, they're going to wow. fly supporters in from Halifax because it's technically oh, their home, home game, home, right, but it's right, neutral. Right. Sorry. So they're going to um, fly them in for the no, special I, occasion. I, I, I now they couldn't get home. So they, it's they canceled, it's, it canceled because they had no way to get home. Yeah. Oh. So they're so, going to have to make their own way there if, if what, they want to go, which is a long way to go for a midweek game. Isn't this where you connect with like your sponsor airline? To uh, I know it's not a league match, but... Well, I mean... Yeah. You would hope so. Or maybe just get a bunch of Volkswagens and just drive. Or you could just put it out to the community to help you get flights home, no? Well, it, it wasn't... What, you, what You're looking for like a oh, Christian no. Ock to kind of jump in a plane and fly well, there, there you go. <laughs> that, that's a quick fix right there. I'm sure you'd be happy to. Um, no, I, I, I'm... Yeah, it's for the it's for the supporters. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt for them when I read that. I just, uh, Halifax just felt they had, they were in a tough position because obviously they didn't want to cancel it, but they didn't want to leave no. the fans in the lurch and they, 
everyone got their money back. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know how that one's going to go after how things played out on the weekend. But then after that, it's the big one. Vancouver FC's first ever Canadian Championship game against yeah. York with the winner hosting, possibly, because that's still confusion. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, do you, have you gotten any Cats. clarity over that? No. No, yeah. It seems that things have maybe backtracked a little bit and the clubs that weren't able to host can now host the quarterfinals. Well, yeah. Well, how can you say that when you have two clubs who aren't hosting the opening round? Like, mm. yeah. It's all very weird. But, I mean, it could be Vancouver FC hosting Vancouver Whitecaps in Langley because the stadium will be ready for that. Yeah. Well, it's two days. It'll be, it'll be two or three days after the home, home opener. Yeah. That's it'll a be four, May 9th or four o'clock kickoff. I think it might be 4.30, actually. I've written four, but now that I'm thinking about it, because that first game's on, it could be 4.30. Either way, we touched on it in the first part, so we won't delve into it. I, I can honestly see this being nil-nil and going to penalties. I might have to watch it when I get back, because I'm going to be busy doing TSS stuff for prep for the game. So I might try and just avoid the game as much as possible and just enjoy it when I get home, or hopefully enjoy it when I get home. I really, I really hope it's not a goalless, a goalless draw. But because um, I obviously, I would prefer to avoid this whole shambolic structure of no extra time. Yeah. <laughs> Just in general. Okay. Well, but... let, let me make another prediction. I think it will be nil nil. But if it's not one nil, Vancouver Kimani. Oh, okay. Oh, with, oh, with a goal scorer. Okay, mm-hmm. interesting. I'll say, I'll say two one Vancouver. I'll say. I'll say Dero either starts or come on and gets a goal for York. I'll say Romeo gets the first for for Vancouver from a set piece or a second phase of a set piece. And then I'll say the second is going to be, uh, I'm going to say Bittar. So it's obviously another momentous occasion for Vancouver FC, their first ever Canadian Championship match. Myself and Felipe got a chance to chat with Afshin just uh, about what this occasion means to him and the club. Here's what he had to say. Hey Afshin, um, commiserations on the result, obviously not what you were looking for, but you've got a, a quick turnaround now going into this game uh, against York. Are you planning on like giving some of the other guys a run out or are you wanting to just continue going with the strong guys that you had out there this afternoon? Um, it's a very good question. Uh, we, we planned from the beginning for three games in eight days. And uh, obviously, as you saw, um, we rotated some plays even in the second half. And I feel that we have a, a good strategy going into the York game on Wednesday and uh, hoping to get a result because the tournament is very important for our club and and I'm sure we will bounce back from this game very quickly. And you're obviously starting the season with a lot of games away from home, which must also in some senses bond this team because you're going to have a lot of time together, a lot of travelling time together. I know obviously you'd like a home game sooner than you're getting, but do you feel this spell of games away from home is really going to help this club bond as a, a, a unit and get the chemistry going? Uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, schedules and uh, stadium structures, those are out of my control, of course. And my job is, is to create a, a, a strategy and, and a, a, playing, a playing style that gives us the opportunity to get as many points as possible on the road and at home. Uh, having said that, we can't wait to play at home because we see the stadium every day in front of us. Uh, 
because we train right next to the stadium. Uh, it's these seats are being added one by one. Just uh, every one of them just gives us an extra vitamin. So uh, we can't wait to see our fans. You saw already the traveling fans. Uh, I think this club is going to be a very special club. I, I can feel it already. Uh, so home or away, uh, doesn't matter where we play. We're going to bring a certain spirit and certain quality that uh, hopefully makes our fans proud. Hey, coach, commiserations uh, on the loss again. But uh, how do you go ahead of this match in, in midweek and pick the boys up to make sure that they are ready uh, mentally uh, ahead of a, a tough schedule? Uh, I think our players are quite intelligent. I think every one of them saw, uh, experienced the game. Uh, they felt confident in the game. They believed they could have even uh, uh, won the game in certain stages. Uh, unfortunate to take that goal in so late. Um, and uh, I, I, I believe that because of their youth and because of their enthusiasm and because of their potential that they possess, I believe that they, they will just bounce back very quickly. Uh, I'm the kind of coach that I'm very, very quick in uh, lifting the players up psychologically. So uh, I, I do believe that once I'm in the locker room and uh, I can talk to them, uh, this game will be put quickly behind us and we can only learn from it. And sometimes you learn a lot more from your defeats than your, your success. And uh, there was a few occasions today that uh, in dangerous positions that we went with the ball in duels and that's where Pacific got their best chances. And uh, we didn't get punished in the first half and we got punished in the second half. And I'm sure this will sting for a while and they'll learn from it. Ashin Gopi there just talking about Vancouver FC's first match in the Canadian Championship. Hopefully they can get the job done. Would love the first ever Vancouver Derby. I mean, whether it's a BC place, ideally in Langley, just to have the more intimate atmosphere. And to be honest, I think the Whitecaps would prefer that as well, as opposed to just a big void of, of BC place. Even if they say, look, let's play at Swan Guard instead, just to have a packed crowd. Maybe I'm being a bit too nice about how the Whitecaps want to approach this, but surely you want an atmosphere for an occasion like that. But wherever it's played, it's just a tremendous occasion. Yeah, it's. I mean, I don't want to jumping ahead it. of myself. Yeah, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to think about it too much until. Well, uh, that's fine. Wait till we hear from James Merriman and and Mahani Aparicio even, where I'm like, so you've got a path to the final of being at home. I was like, oh, we were just one game at a time. <laughs> no, yeah, for me, it's this this York this York game is huge this week because that'll shape shape things for these these weeks ahead. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, uh, yeah, one, yeah, it is one game at a time. And so I'm, I, I'm honestly, I'm not even thinking, I'm literally not, not as a supporter, not even thinking about, about any of that stuff. It's like, this is, if, wow, if, if I've, we, got, we, I've got everything planned. TSS beat Valor, they're off to play Pacific, then they host the Whitecaps. Yeah. So obviously you have faulty planning, but I'm, like I said, I'm not thinking about Let's no, get seriously, seriously, the your game is you're right. The your yes, game is huge, is. and I look forward to because uh, because it's, it's four four thirty. I might be able to watch most of it. I'm really pissed off. It's the same night as the TSS game. I'd, I would really have liked to enjoy yeah. this. Um, Will you be able to watch a little bit while you're getting ready, or no? I might be able to. There's so much up in the air for this. Wait, TSS you got you got to do so much game. heavy lifting that night. Yeah, because if anyone doesn't know, I'm acting as the media officer for for TSS for this game against I, Valor. I, I, but um, I think isn't it. I, you're not acting as the media, but you are. Oh, I am. I am the media officer. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, the big one is Wednesday night. It's TSS and Valor, seven thirty ish, 
kick off <laughs> is now what we're told. There's so many stories for this one. Polisi versus Polisi mm. was what I was hoping for. But it looks like Marcello might have an injury. An eagle? Maybe out. Did not feature in the 18 for Valor today. That's right, yeah. And I think he might be missing this one. And Jordan Haynes, I believe, is also touch and go. Oh, that's right. He was that's in the 18 bad. today either. That was the two TSS returning players for, for one thing. But this is a big game for TSS. It's a chance for players to, to showcase themselves, guys that want to get back into the, the pro game, guys that want to make that breakthrough into the, the pro game. There's a lot of hungry guys there. Check the AFTN YouTube channel. We've got a lot of good audio up from TSS players, Marcello Polisi as well. I was going to put it in this, but it's a long enough podcast so you can check all that out on the the youtube channel but i'm going to play some audio from both head coaches now philip desantis from valor fc and will cromack from tss just previewing the game and what they're expecting from the cpl versus league one bc battle So, well, a couple of days out now from this big Canadian Championship game. Are you still kind of pinching yourself that the club's in this position? <laughs> yeah, you have to. I mean, this is it's crazy. We, we got guys in a dressing room in a local community park, and uh, we're about to play a pro team that was on TV yesterday. Uh, not sure that was the best idea for me to watch that game. Uh, but... Yeah, no, it's just, it's fantastic, right? I mean, it's amazing to see, especially for a guy like me who's been in this uh, local area and in the sport for so long, to watch it grow again and, and start having a chance to be something. I, I messaged you at halftime of the game, you and Colin saying, oh, you must be quaking in your boots, sarcastically, because Valor didn't look great in the first half. They turned it on in the second half. Yeah. Big physical team. Couple of really standout players. The number, new signing number 24, the Burundi International Pacific. He looks really good. What did you make from what you saw without giving away any of your game plan? Although I don't think they're going to be listening to this. But what did you make of them? <laughs> Listen, uh, you know, we know the DeSantos brothers, you know, have a, have a lot of respect for him. Uh, Phil, you know, is, is someone who's been in NASL. He's been in the uh, USL. Uh, he's organized, man. Like, uh, that's, a, that's an organized team that knows what they're doing. Um, he's now had a year with them, knows what he's up against as well. Uh, and I'm saying the coach, but some of the players as well. Um, they're, they're, they're well drilled. And, we, you know, respect ultimately is, is what, what we're saying. Like, we don't care what we read on Twitter. Like, that's not our world. Our world is to go, hey, um, guys, you're about to go play a pro team. A, uh, respect them. Don't uh, think that you can't do something. Uh, respect the game. Okay, so in my mind, uh, you know, I know he'll have them ready and he won't take us lightly. Um, and none of those players, if they're proper pros, will take us lightly either. And it's our job to go in there and do everything we can. You've got a lot of young, hungry guys. Some of them's played pro, want to go back. Some of them want to, to get that pro contract. There's a danger that some of them might think, oh, I need to go and do too much out there, do everything themselves. How do you stop them being like that when they go on the pitch? Well, I mean, you don't own them, so you can't stop them. You can only advise them. Uh, a bit like parenting, really. That's what coaching is kind of a little bit like at times. Um, and especially if you've been 
on their side. You can kind of say, hey, listen, like one game does not make a, a player. With that said, one moment can sometimes make a player. Um, so again, it's just respecting the game. Like don't don't ever try to be more than you. Just be 100% you. Um, and give yourself the opportunity to, to be at your best. If you're trying to do someone else's job, that's not going to be you at your best. You're trying to split yourself. So um, our, our sense of it is 23 guys, um, 18 will get to dress. Everybody's going to be needed. Just the last thing for now. Where does this rank for the club? How important is this to the actual club to get the eyes, to get people to know about TSS Rovers and any future plans that you might have as a club? Yeah, I've, I've said before, uh, um, the, the job here is kind of like reaching base camp. Of, of Everest you know you, you you've got to this certain point and there's there's a future of potentially going up the hill um, but hopefully not going back down the hill so we've we've reached this point it's the the, the napkin has come true um, the real napkin I might add um, and um, you know so is it important it's, it's critical for for the exposure of these boys and that's what we've always been about teaching excellence trying to as humans as players using the sport of soccer as an as a vehicle um, and I think people do know us and, you know, fan ownership and stuff. But, yeah, if we can be on TV, uh, all the more power to us uh, and the people that do own it um, and the players, you know, they get to be seen. So that our job is to connect them with the fans. Um, and this is a great opportunity to have that happen. Hopefully you've still got that napkin. Canada Soccer Hall of Fame one day. That's what I want to see. <laughs> I think I blew my nose on it. All right. <laughs> great. Cheers, well. Cheers, man. Canadian Championship game is coming up on the 19th. It'll be your second game of the season, TSS Rovers' first game of the year, first competitive game. Now, you've been involved in this, obviously here with the Whitecaps, you've been involved in it last year with Valor. You've been on both sides of it, where you're going in as the favourites, where you've yeah. gone in as the underdogs. What are you expecting from this game you know you're going to be playing a team that's really up for it and, and hungry and with players that's going to be out there just to try and impress and, and get into the CPL I expect a fight we we uh, we haven't spoken about that game because I think the next one is York so I don't want us to start having our heads in in the next two three four games as coaches yes we plan things and we know that um, there's a, a pattern, it's a big week and we need to manage loads and there's things that we're going to need to do to make sure that we we fill in the best team for the different games. Um, but but we, you know, we, we expect a fight. We know it's going to be very difficult. We know that we'll play a team that has nothing to lose. I hate being in that situation uh, because I've been in it a couple of times and it's it's one of those that, you don't like as a manager, um, and and then there's the, the 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 whole factor that you don't get much about these teams. You don't get to see what what type of identity they have, what um, what type of dynamics they play with. And yes, there's games of last year, but it's it you know you're so far from the reality when you're looking at at um, at, at previous year footage. And so yeah, we expect. A fight. One thing I could tell you already is that we are we are preparing it um, like a, a, a like a league game, like a, a final, a playoff game. Um, any player, 
any player uh, that that I feel throughout the process that shows a little sign of being overconfident and maybe maybe slacking a little bit uh, leading to that game, I guarantee you won't be on the field. So for us, it's it's that important. I look at the path to to what this uh, Canadian Championship looks like, and again, like the same way I said, I would love to to um, to bring a, a playoff game to IG Field. I I would also love to bring a you know a Canadian Championship game to IG Field. So yeah. uh, for that, we need to start by winning the first one, and and we're very aware of the challenges we're gonna have against the SS Rovers. Phil DeSantis and Will Cromack there talking about TSS Rovers and Valor FC on Wednesday night. TSS Rovers first foray into the tournament. It's something everyone that's been involved with TSS have been just wanting for so long. They've now got that that position. They've now got that first ever League One BC spot. And they want to give a good account from themselves. They know it's not going to be easy. And, I mean, Valor have to be the favourites, and they did look good in that second half. TSS can get that early goal, deal with the physicality. It should be a great night. The Swing Guardians will be in full voice. Looks like it's going to be raining, so that might dampen stuff behind the goals, but they're hoping for 1,500 to 2,000 in attendance. A lot of walk-ups as well, some youth groups coming along. They, they need to get the fans in. It's costing 35000 roughly to, to put this game on. They want to host it. Come along, buy your ticket, support. You can also buy a ticket and donate it to, to youth clubs to try and get underprivileged youth to come along as well. And yeah, it should be a great occasion. I cannot wait, Zach. It will be a special night at Swangard. Yeah. Thursday sees the third BC side, Pacific FC, Host Cavalry at Starlight Stadium. Double header against Cavalry in Cup and League action. 7 pm mm-hmm. kickoff in that one. Now, I'd, that should be a cracking game. A fancy Pacific, just with how they looked at, at the weekend. But I, I think that there's goals in that one, feistiness in that one. I think that's going to be a cracker. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's. I think it's nice for those sides when we talk about travel and whatever that. Just like just like Vancouver FC with York, that they have these back to back cup and league kind of double headers. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, that, that I think that's gonna be a great match. Pacific would host the quarter final if they won. Cavalry may because again they couldn't host in this round. So are they allowed to host the next round? Technically, if they're not, and TSS win, and Cavalry win, TSS could be hosting Cavalry again. Everything's up in the air. Nobody has a clue what's going on. Got a chance to chat with James Merriman and Manny Aparicio after that win at the weekend. Just chatting about what the Canadian Championship means to them. The special night that we had a few years ago when the Whitecaps went there. They've had their taster of being in the CONCACAF League yeah, it was the CONCACAF League. They want to get mm-hmm. back into the Champions League. And there's two spots up for grabs for the CPL. There could be three, depending on how the Canadian Championship goes. Here's what they had to say about that. Well, 
Hey James, congratulations on the, the win today. Unbeaten in BC derbies now against Vancouver teams, it seems. Thanks, thanks. Are you counting the, the friendly or? Yeah. No. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I could I could do that as well. I was more thinking the Whitecaps game. No, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah. It's purple for now again, I guess. It is, I guess. Looking ahead then to the Canadian Championship, obviously that Whitecaps game, it was a, a special night at Starlight. I think everyone that was there, it'll long live in the memory. You've got a chance with the way that the draws worked out to create a number of, of memories this season if things go well for you. Having... Like knowing that you have got this possibility to be at, to be at home all the way to the final, I know you don't want to look ahead too much, but it must give you a big boost for this competition. It does in terms of the confidence and um, uh, that we have at our at our home in this stadium. We can be really difficult to play against, and we know that and we feel that. But at the same time, you can't you really can't look past the first match and uh, that absolutely has to be our mentality collectively with the with the staff with the group with every single player um because that's cup competition so we know we know what the, what the schedule could be um but again it's it's one match at a time and and it's all focused on calvary for right now when you look at what is in store for, for you guys this season but also what this season could lead to you know there's two teams guaranteed in the champions league could be a third depending on how the Canadian Championship goes. You've had that taste of that competition in the CONCACAF League. Has it just left you wanting more and more of that? Uh, absolutely. It's it's the number one goal and, and focus for us this season is to get back there. Whether we win the league, whether we get into the, to the playoffs and win a championship or can do it through the Canadian Championship, we know that there's three three different ways to get there, but it's, it's uh, absolutely our focus. It's something that we're going after and we want more of you know we want we want more experiences like that and that's where all the players want to be as well on that stage so we're going after it for sure that's great cheers james and congratulations again thank you thank you hey manny just a couple of questions uh, about the canadian championship for you when you look at the draw this year, Pacific has got the chance to host all the way to the final and I know you guys don't want to get too far ahead of yourself but We've already seen some special occasions there when the Whitecaps came over. It was a momentous occasion, an atmosphere at the stadium. What does this draw mean to you uh, and with a chance to be at home all the way to the final? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, but like you said, you know, we don't, we don't really want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, we do know that at home we, we are tough to be. We, we, we tried to make a fortress here and and you know with our fans and and the size of our pitch and with how energetic we are um i think we we are a very tough team to be here at home um but yeah like you say you know we don't we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves first game is calgary um and and that's who we have to beat to get to the next round and, and hopefully that's what we do what does the competition mean to you on a personal level because but when you look around now and you see the chance that there's going to be two canadian teams for sure in the, the Champions League next year, could be a third one, depending how the, the Canadian Championship goes. What does this tournament and the chance to advance and play in these further competitions mean to you as a player? Yeah, well, when we played in, in Jamaica and in Costa Rica, it was, you know, amazing experiences, amazing stadiums that we played in. Um, and, and, you know, those are the games we, we tried to get back into. Uh, so to have more opportunities to get in is huge for us and huge for the league. Um, so, you know, if, if we can keep on 
keep on going forward and, and maybe get an opportunity to get back in there, be it, you know, through league, through playoffs, through Canadian championship. Uh, you know, we have three ways in now, so so it's even more exciting. Um, and I think, you know, the guys who, who experienced it here uh, last year um, know that, you know, it could be a very special thing if we can get back into Pankhattan. That's great. Thanks so much, Manny, and good luck midweek. Thank you. Thank you very much. James Merriman, Manny Aparicio. James with that comment there about BC being purple. Oh, so Zach's face with anger right now. <laughs> it's so unlike you to misrepresent me. Oh, I've got a big purple thing to show you. Hold on a sec. No, well, we'll save, save that to off, off camera. It's just an aubergine. Or eggplant, as I believe you guys call it here for some weird reason. I don't know why. But that is pretty much it for the show. Another bumper show. We have to finish, though, with this week's wavelength. No, despite the letters, we have to. <laughs> Contractually obligated to, to do wavelength by myself. And we're going back to a song from 2000 by an English band featuring members of Razor Cuts, Heavenly, a band I love and keep meaning to have as Artist of the Month, and TV personalities, who we just had as Artist of the Month very recently. This is a band called Sportique, and it's a, a song called Sport for All. It was a double A-sided single. There was a Euro 2000 version, all about football, and an Olympic 2000 version about other sport. We're obviously playing the football one. This is Sportique, Sport for All.
Partick there, sport for all. That was this week's Wavelength. That is it for the show. I'm tired. It's been a busy weekend of football. I've got this podcast to edit, my East Five podcast to edit, uh, TSS training tomorrow and Tuesday. Busy, busy, busy. Not to mention two provincial cup games that I've got to get the video edited for as well. I might get some sleep in there. <laughs> Who might even see my wife? I've hardly seen her this weekend. Never seen her look happier. But just before we go, any final thoughts from you, Zach? Any final musings from the, the fun weekend that you've had? No, I just, yeah, I just want to say thanks uh, to everyone that, that made it out to Starlight to support Vancouver, Vancouver FC. Uh, it was good to have a first uh, real outing with uh, Fraser Valley Fanatics and, um, yeah, support together. It's uh, It's been a fun beginning. There's lots of things to do and lots of work to do and lots of things that we're trying to get done, but it's a great community of people who are from kind of across the spectrum of uh, the supporter culture in the lower mainland. So it's been really great to just bring, uh, be a part of bringing all these people together to, to support this new club. And, um, and is that I, another I, way that you can support them as well, visually with your t-shirts. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, are you, are you, I was like, you... I'm waiting for the plug, and it's like just oh, never no. came. It's like plug so, the t-shirts. Oh, I was getting to that. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I didn't um, know you were getting to anywhere really. I just thought you're in a tired round. No, no, no. Um, okay, yeah, so, so there's a t-shirt. Yeah, if you want like, pre-orders are, uh, I think just up till this Friday. Uh, check out the Facebook page. I think I don't know if it's on Twitter yet, but it'll be on Twitter as well. There's so like, on Facebook. I can't believe you've got a T-shirt out before AFT ended. I keep saying every year I, we're going to get one. I, I need to speak that. to Andrew actually so, and work out like how that came about. Or was that you that got that? Got what? The T-shirt sorted. No, oh no, I, I no. Uh, Andrew's the money man. Will Will uh, Will Silver of AFTN fame is um, Long John to his friends. He's a. Uh, He's uh the you know designer and uh, uh, deals with a, a, ma- a local manufacturer who ah. uh, makes makes the shirt makes the shirts for us. Um, but no, uh, yeah, it's t-shirts are twenty five bucks. It's literally a black shirt with a, a white version of the logo, and uh, all the proceeds from it go to help yeah uh, visual displays. The fun the fun part as we were talking earlier uh, off off the in the middle in between segments <laughs> um, is. Um, uh, we got a, a message uh, for a shirt from um, uh, a good a good friend who I haven't I haven't had the pleasure to see in a while, um, but uh, well everyone's friend right everyone's friend in the Lower Mainland right he's everyone's friend. I I like him. I I used to I used to have a a card of his. That... <laughs> How did I know you were gonna say? <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah. So no, Eric 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 Hasley sent a message saying I want one of those shirts. <laughs> So we'll we'll make sure Eric gets one, and we'll encourage him to to wear it around Montana. Yeah. So <laughs> if if you want to be part of Zach's black shirts, oh Michael, Michael, get in touch with him on Facebook. No, but but in all seriousness, no, it's been great because um uh this you know this one of the things about the supporter community is like the cause is supporting your club, right? Like that is the cause. That's the heart of of why you're there. But uh, in the midst of it, you you build relationships. For, mm-hmm. So for me, having been kind of uh, not involved in the community for a number of years now, it's been nice to re-engage uh, and to re-engage with people I know well and to, to re-engage in, in those relationships and hang out more and stuff. So this weekend, there was a whole bunch of people who, yeah, got to hang out with that I haven't hung out with in like forever. 
And then also just to build new relationships, people like I know, I know, but I didn't know well. And so getting to hear their stories and more about them as people and, um, and then just supporting together and then just meeting new people, people I, I've never, I've never known or people I only know because they come up and say they've listened to the podcast. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, get to get to know them and hear their story and support with them. And so I just, it's just been really, it was a really great first match, a first, sorry, first, uh, first competitive match because there's been some friendlies where we were just kind of hanging out and, yeah. and having fun but this this was the first real deal and yeah building up to may 7th um yeah there's a lot more excitement and uh maybe in, a, in next week's podcast i'll be able to share a little bit more if people want to get more involved with with supporting or be in the section or whatever hopefully i'll have some more details on that and maybe yeah. next week but for now fv fanatics at gmail.com or on twitter or on facebook and uh, now that there's some visual stuff to share, uh, we'll probably see Instagram pop up soon as well for that. The good thing as well is I'm thinking FVF could turn that second F into an A and get an M put in there. And we've got Football Violence Awareness Month shirts already done. Oh my Just have God. a wee chat with Will, see what we can bastardize to, to get that made up. That would be yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you, you do that. You do that. Could maybe get a picture of you somewhere on it. I think no, there's some no, doing the rounds. No, no picture of me. No picture of you. Okay. Um, I I want to finish on a nice thing and say something nice about Zach. I know I don't know what's happened. I said I was tired. There's been a lot of nice comments uh, on Twitter about you today and the role that you've played in helping grow the support community for this new team. And I just want to say you've done a great job. It was fantastic to see everything come together on Saturday it's been a pleasure knowing you I'm not dying or anything it's been a pleasure knowing you the over the years and like what you do for the support community and the passion that you bring to it and I really hope that everything goes well on that May 7th opener which I am still pissed off that I have to miss but I am working so I, I am making money and doing football stuff but it's like everyone was basically saying just how hard you've worked to put this together and Everything seemed to go really well on Saturday, so well done. Um, yeah, it's strange you're getting compliments from me. I know, mind. it was strange saying it. I kind of, <laughs> the words leaving my mouth, I well, felt dirty. Well, the, the only thing I'll seriously say is, and this is the same from back in the day when I was doing other things, is um, people say, oh, you know, you've done this or you've done that. But re like literally, and the reason why we, we use, we still use the term collective is none of this stuff happens because of one individual. There's like, no. sure. You see one person or a couple people with a megaphone and a drum and whatever. And, but it's and literally walk like the other way. No. Yeah. There you go. Some people do, and that's okay. Um, but no, it, it's literally like, I mean, it, we're, things are, things are building now, but it, it literally, it, these things happen because, you know, um, you know, uh, Gail and Adrian, Adrienne and her mom and Cheryl were sewing. It happened because, you know, uh, Kirk and Gail and Brendan painted. Um, it happened because a whole group of people helped set it up beforehand. It happened because a whole bunch of people signed up for, you know, our email list to find out what was going on and to be a part of things. It happened because Andrew um was willing to be the money man to, to 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 receive the money to buy the tickets you know there's all these these are just parts of the of the of the of the moving thing that it it's it, it takes a it takes a, a whole group of people to make this happen it takes a collective effort to make it happen and so whenever people say nice things about me it's hard to it's it's hard not to um also just say like 
yeah, these things happen because there's so many other moving parts and there's so many other people doing both heavy lifting and light lifting and, and whatever. And I'm just excited um, that, um, yeah, I'm excited about the the group of people that have come together and to be a part of it and um, hope to do, you know, even more things with them and continue to grow a community that is passionate about, about supporting their local football club. And um, yeah, it's just nice to have a, a fresh start um, at this in, in, in the lower mainland with a, a team that is, um, geographically close, close to where I live. Yeah. I, I mean, and, 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 and it's, it's nice to honestly, and we'll break this down in another time. It's nice to have a football club I can believe in. And, and, yeah. for, and for now, that's, that's partly why this is so exciting. And like, and it also says for me, that's TSS. That's what they've done for yeah. me. I'm really excited totally. by it. And it's like, it, it's great that we've got, we're both got this exciting little period that's coming up of first ever game, first Canadian Championship game, first home game for Vancouver FC. Momentous occasion for, for TSS on, on Wednesday night as well. And that's what football is about. You want these occasions. And hopefully we get meaningful games for the Whitecaps as well at some point down the line in the future because it's felt far too long. Canadian Championship last year aside, it's been far too long. I mean, that's like one game since 2017 maybe that's been really really truly meaningful and that's way too long for a fan base yeah tss you i mean it's their first time being defending champions going into a yes a season, right like there's yeah there's a lot a lot of exciting things you're yeah. right it should be a lot of fun so thank you for being with us as we've talked about so many things in canadian football in this episode and of course not to mention east fife's 8-0 win against Stranraer. but we'll be back with another episode soon until then thanks for listening Take care, everybody, and just mourn everything about BC and Canadian football. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful, and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm-hmm.